All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, this is uh, tentatively called The Eavesdrop. That's Ooh. this podcast. Uh, I'm Brett Battistain. I am the host and uh, propri- propri- proprietor. proprietor Ooh, yeah. A terrible proprietor. start. Propri- God, that's a hard word. <laughs> you're, you're establishing a good baseline, though. Yeah, exactly. I can only go up from here. Um, so this is a, a, the pod- a podcast on the Eavesdrop Podcast Network. And what we're doing with this show is I just want to have a totally open door policy and invite whoever wants to come on uh, during the block that I'm recording to come on and speak their piece or talk about whatever they want to talk about. Uh, the first person that showed up is uh, actually here already, and it's uh, Mikey Pullman. Hi, guys. It's me. Hi, Mikey. Hi. So you were talking a little bit before we started about how you are going to be moving to Seattle soon. Yeah, okay, we'll jump in with that. All right, yeah, I have been doing comedy in Boise for 14 years. 14. Yeah, so many. And I'm gonna, by doing comedy in Boise, I mean not always doing comedy in Boise, just also doing comedy in Boise, like, so uh, I got an opportunity to move, and it's just to maximize opportunities and to just streamline my life, like, I have a lot of projects that I do here in Boise, like, you know, I've been doing some for a long time, like the Atheist Show, and some that are new, like the Whiskey Ginger Show. But they're What's not that? Okay, so the Whiskey Ginger Show is the synthesis of many of the skill sets that I've just gardened over the years. Gardened. So, yeah. <laughs> like, the, the creative process here in Boise is very difficult to have external links into career opportunities for things that you can do that are adjacent to stand-up itself. Like, you can, you can branch out and all sorts of stuff. But yeah. You know, like, you know, you can peek in Boise on the covers of magazines and get write-ups and stuff like that, but it doesn't lead to anything else. Right. Right. So uh, what I do is I've been pouring a lot of my creative energy into other cool shit that I want to do. Can we swear on this podcast? No. Just okay. Yeah, <laughs> nope. Nope. Also, please tell me that the uh, byline for the eavesdrop is... Eavesdrop. For, eavesdrop is... Eavesdrop. Thanks for listening. Him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it will. Maybe it will be. We're still maybe working on help. that. We, we haven't helped. Maybe um maybe that's what we should do today is we, we are, should brainstorm. Yeah, we've been trying to think of like uh, you know like uh like an intro and out- outro bumper for yeah. all the shows that we're doing and maybe that should be anybody who comes in today has to give their pitch for what it should be. Right. I'm going to you know I'm going to post something on the internet and uh see if anyone wants to come join us. I'll see if I can Throw out, a, throw out a call. Oh, okay. That'll be great. Hopefully, <laughs> I my fear was either that um, no one was going to show up. Or the wrong people. Or, or <laughs> no, I'm in, I want to talk to the wrong people. Like yeah, a, no, you don't. You're great, though. Yeah, I don't have a problem with no. anybody. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of tolerance for some of the wildest members of our scene, except for one very obvious you know, example in my history. But yeah, some of our wildest members and I have always gone along pretty well. Yeah, that's funny yeah. because you're not. Typically, yeah. <laughs> I'm not tolerant at all. <laughs> it's because I was abused a lot as a child, so I need dysfunctional relationships. All the you normies that have like families and mortgages <laughs> and shit, it's hard for us to be friends. Like even if we like each other, because it's like, yeah, that's interesting. Because yeah. there's a there is there are a lot of people that I genuinely like and care for, mm-hmm. but it's just the like with having a family and Hold stuff. On, we're, gonna, we're gonna do this on air. Uh, I am being called by my my job. Hey, uh, Boise City Taxi, this is Mikey. You're on a podcast right now. What's going on? Oh, my God. Well, I didn't know if you were coming to work tonight. Uh, we already have me off tonight and Saturday. I okay. took those I, I took those dates off. Thank you. Oh, thanks for calling in. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, Boise City Taxi called in to your podcast, your first caller. Uh, yeah, wow. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a lot of firsts today. We're popping some cherries, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Making um, it happen. Uh, 
but yeah, there's a lot of people that I, I think are cool and I like to, you know, hang out with when mm-hmm. I see them and talk to them and stuff. But it's just with like two young kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to just like hang out with anybody. But there are certain people where you're just like our lifestyles just do not yeah, mesh. Not yeah. It's like so. it's fine. And you vibe with who you vibe with. I like I've been borrowing more of the language from those communities that are a little more socially and community focused. And just because it kind of makes sense to me now. And it's like sometimes you just have the right energy with somebody else. And that sure. just leads to you rationalizing hanging out more. Like you and Dylan Hoswig get along really well. Yeah. And I do too. Like I think he's really smart. I really enjoy. He's very articulate. I like his ideas. Yeah. But we don't hang out socially. Yeah. I don't judge him for that. Like I actually think he's a really cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and plus too, like there's only like everybody's working. There's only so much time in the yeah, day. Like right. you can't hang out with like yeah, everybody you really that you want to hang out with. Maybe this will be a good opportunity for me though to like hang out, like speak to those people. people. Yeah. You know, all those wild freaks. <laughs> those <laughs> crazy. I actually think that you personally will really enjoy a lot of the establishing comics, like the ones from the last couple of years. The uh, newest bubble of the comedy scene is very pro-social. They're not clickish at all from what I've seen. Like, every, I mean, obviously every group of people has drama in it. And I'm detached, so I have no idea what's going on. But as a group, they're largely really supportive of each other. They come out to a lot of shows. Yeah, that's like super cool. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are actually really funny. Like, I don't know if you've had a chance to see a lot of the newer comics, but some of them have a lot of potential and promise. And some of them already out there, I've seen them just nail these smaller three to seven minute sets, like just really doing a great job. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I, would, good. I would love uh, Boise Comics, who are around now that weren't around when I before i moved and then mm-hmm. moved back i would love to have i'd love to have you on yeah <laughs> yeah come come be come right. be on <laughs> right, let's, i'm gonna all right so oh uh, yeah so i'm moving to seattle but i mean it's just the part is it just you know when you're a creative type person and you want to try to be sustainable which yeah. is like the real goal i think i think in the land of ten thousand channels which is what we're kind of moving to in the entertainment thing because there's already more than ten thousand channels of things to watch yeah you know you just pick your medium and what you want most people won't be getting rich off this. It's just going to be a side business or a business, depending yeah. on how successful you are. And I produce shows as part of my side business, but I don't do it full time. So trying to transfer over to that yeah. requires a bigger market with more audience members and more opportunities to work. Within three hours of Seattle, I have you know Portland, Vancouver, just a ton of cities I can yeah. go to. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, you know, everybody who's doing stand-up seems to be doing there everybody's doing other stuff nobody got very few people are <laughs> getting by yeah unless you're just a cruise stand-up guy. alone if you're a cruise comic i could see it because cruise comedy is actually like pays bills yeah which is i i mean i used to have such a a grudge against that kind of comedy it happens yeah but yeah who, whatever but who cares i mean that's a, yeah. that's got to be a sweet gig i it, mean it if is. you're the right type of person for it it's probably awesome yeah mike pence was the first headliner i ever worked with it must have been like 13 N- years not ago. the vice president no not mike. <laughs> uh, mike no not mike pence uh it's mike something <laughs> anyway it's a guy his name's mike uh but mike pence yeah mike pence the vice president and i are really close uh <laughs> you guys really click like, hey, mike, mike no funny it doesn't matter. You just meet so many comedians over the years. Yeah. One of the first guys I ever worked with, though, does that. And he came back to Boise a couple of years ago, and I saw him, and he was just super happy and ecstatic. Like, he's making money he can save up to retire on. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Which, for comedy, if you guys, if listeners don't know, uh, that's not what the rest of comedians do. <laughs> like, even the ones that I know that are writing for television shows that get awards are still living in a big-ass city and are kind of broke because they get a writer's salary. Yeah. So it's like they're making these really beautiful things, and then you can use that for bookings forever. 
Yeah. But that's the investment. It's like I write on the show for a while and I do the really cool thing. And then I just be like writer for Empire for the rest of my life. Because <laughs> I do. I know a writer for Empire. That's just really weird. Like, Oh, you do? Well, not well. You know what I mean? Like there's the, yeah, passing. There's a gradient, you know, on social sure. media where there's not really words anymore that are really specific enough. Like we kind of have this gray area of France, the Fran, the friends, fans, <laughs> mostly locals, people that see your stuff or come see you. But you would never just call up and ask like. Yeah. Yeah. Like you couldn't be like, hey, right, give me a ride to the airport. Right. Yeah. It, yeah no, yeah. I'm Help one of the few move. people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I'm one of the few people that gets free things by just asking the internet because I have no shame. Like, that's how I got my car. <laughs> so people who might not be friends but are friendly will be like, oh, yeah, I need to get rid of my car. And she sold me her car for like a thousand bucks when it was easily worth 50% more than that. That's so, that's like the internet used correctly right you know to like establish like a community or at least social media to like establish a community of people that you know passingly vaguely know each other but are willing Mm -hmm. to like give people cars (laughs) right 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 right. okay let's actually i'm going to take a picture of both of us together oh so this is this this is the social media thing so i'm going to turn around and we'll do the selfie style okay i mean unless you hate selfies No. okay no we can do this okay i want to get austin in here (laughs) <laughs> perfect all right so, so i'm gonna edit this while we're talking you're social uh yeah uh, it, it just another side effect just another side thing doing uh the comedy thing is you just kind of have to keep your eyes open in ways that you can just throw things out there for people to consume yeah because most of our potential audience don't come out to things uh it just it's a fun and it's people i know but even in the comment where you posted or the thread where you posted the opportunity to come here and i said i'd come on there were people that were like well listen to that yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. Uh, one of them especially is a friend of mine. Like, she's we've played Dungeons and Dragons together for a while. Like, and she will. She listens to every podcast I'm a guest on. Like, right. she just downloads and listens to it. And it's fun to have those people in your life. Like, and she's an actual friend. But if like yeah. we didn't know each other, there's people out there who are actually obsessed. Isn't the right word. Although I am one of those writers that has slept with somebody who fell in love with me through my writing. Oh and God. I'm going to say totally do that. Like, it's dangerous, <laughs> but it's super cool. <laughs> I'm not the kind of comic that gets, like, uh, people talking to them a lot after shows because for, like, especially the last few years, I've just been a really sad man on stage. And I've been trying to translate that pathos into something that's palpable. But my struggles have been running into, and this is all about other things we haven't even brought up yet, but, like, running into, like, my filters and who I am and just because as a man, I just don't have a lot of, like, fun or friendly things to say. I never really have. Like, I talk a lot of I shit on that. myself. Yeah, and, like, the energy that I'm trying to embrace now is actually focusing on community, on being positive, writing jokes about things that are still smart, but aren't necessarily coming at it with the emotional flavor of leaving something bitter in the, in the uh, taste of the palates of the people in the audience. That's so hard. It, like, I actually can relate to that because back when I was doing stand-up a ton, I really did want I, – I tried to make a conscious decision to – speak about things on stage that I thought were important, but try and do it from the perspective of like, uh, like not so angsty, mm-hmm. you know? Cause yeah. it's like, I'm a straight white dude, you right. know, like cisgendered straight white dude. Yeah. Like I don't, I shouldn't have the angst that I have, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? But I mean, I'm not going to say that's <laughs> not true either. Like, Sure, everybody's got their things. The existential weight of being alive is a persistence that nobody talks about. Like, especially the more intelligent you are. It's a quote directly from the Bible that knowledge breeds sorrow. 
Like, and it's one of those wisdom nuggets. That's that beautiful. It, it really is. Like, there are things in the Bible, kids, that you can actually accept. And it's just that, like, being a relatively clever person on any – generalized intelligence is bullshit, A. But being a relatively clever person means that you have access to concepts that can be really depressing. You know, looking at the long-term effects of capitalism or how society always stratifies or how the only way to break the wheel is to break the wheel. And we're too comfortable for revolution, even though, like, we're talking about environmental need and we're talking about just the need of society. Uh, we just don't do anything about it because we have created this Huxleyan space <laughs> of, like, a brave new world where uh, we're just too comfy. Yeah. You know, we have sex robots. Like, that's not a world that, that has a revolution. And every other time there's been a revolution to fix all their problems, people were still, like, either eating shit or living in it. <laughs> and now they're not. So trying to trying to add, just trying to just find a way. So going back to the Whiskey Ginger. Hey, kids, this is how I talk about stuff. Going back <laughs> no, to the Whiskey Ginger. No, it's great. This is great. This <laughs> is all I wanted to <laughs> This is all you wanted to yeah. ramble, ramble. Yeah. Just feed me. I'm not even on uppers right now. Oh, except for this energy <laughs> drink. This is why I don't do Coke. Like, I can't. I just can't. Like... People offer me cocaine occasionally, and I won't do it because, well, A, it's, it's illegal, kids. But B, <laughs> yeah. uh, can you imagine? <laughs> like, ah. So Whiskey Ginger is uh, the synthesis of a lot of skills that I've just been working on passively, you know, in this sense of community. And I've rebooted it every few years and tooled it up, and I'm going to reboot it again when I move to Seattle with a new form. But it is a storytelling musical show where the emotional tapestry is I'm a relatively funny person, host the show. I and my storytellers do a combination of storytelling and music. And if it's done optimally, it's themed and then the music has an emotional note compared to the the uh, story that's told before or after. So that That's cool. So that that's it, really it, cool. Yeah, and I feel like streaming culture is mean that stand up is easy to get. You can always listen to comics jabber. You're doing it now. But <laughs> uh, you can't get that streaming. The experience isn't the same. It's the original core concept of what people like me were in the original the original format when we're living in groups of 50 to 150 people. I did a thing during the day, and then at nights, me and the people like me would tell stories or sing songs or beat sticks. Yeah. And that's the core thing is that we're all sitting around having a shared experience as a community. And that community can be any size in any group of people. So, yeah. like, producing shows, I've always done niche marketing. I've always done, like, an atheist show where I put together the Boise queer comedy scene because I wanted a form so that it's easier to go marketing after people. It's a lot cheaper if you already know what your target audience is. And that's sure. always been – and then I shoot for small to medium venues, 50 to 100, something like that, that's kind of relatively easy to fill up. And so all these ideas have been kicking around my skull in Boise, this great creative dojo where you have all these opportunities <laughs> but nothing past, like – the, the ocean only, only goes so deep here. Right. And like you and other people have to create things. And then there's a lot of effort in Boise in creating a uh, kind of infrastructure that allows things to exist. Yeah. So I saw a need for more storytellers. The like I'm actually a featured storyteller on April's Story Story Night. They're cool. The uh, Yeah, it's really great. It's actually my going away show when I leave for Seattle the very next day. Oh, no way. So my story is incorporating all of these elements about me and my transition and like uh, leaving, just leaving. Like it's all these things. and uh, But they can only book you on a story story night every so often because there's so many storytellers. Yeah. And they don't do it. They only do it like. They do seasons and yeah. they do monthly seasons. It's a lot of work to put these shows together. Yeah, for and, sure. And they do much larger venues and the tickets are a little bit more. But uh, there's a base need, however, for something in Boise for people to learn how to be better storytellers. 
which means there's space and a thirst in the audience for them to sit in a room and get intimate emotionally with another small group of people. Plus, we have spaces in this town. So I was taking that and then adding the element of music because, A, it's always good. It's always better to be fancier than everyone else. And yeah. B, everyone emotionally transitions well with music. Hmm. So and then me, because I like to sing songs about longing and sadness, it's really easy to sing music. <laughs> and I've got a baritone when I sing. So oh, I didn't know that you were singing. Yeah. What? That's fun. I do everything but play a musical instrument. So it requires one other person bare minimum for the project to work, which is optimal number. <laughs> Two people. Because every person you add makes it harder to do. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's so you're paying people. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how many have you done like since you relaunched it? OK. So the first one was several years ago at a burlesque show when I had long red hair, like really long down on my nips. And uh, I just sang female power ballads and my accompaniment. Only accompaniment was a violinist. Another. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when I met her, her hair was dyed red even. And we did this at the Neuralex downtown. And the core concept then was to, uh, to approach the feminine side of masculinity. Okay. Uh, and that was the core concept. And then every few years I would reboot it. So after a little while, I rebooted it uh, down at the high note downtown with Thomas Paul, a very popular, very skilled uh, musical teacher and musician that uh, works and lives in Boise, Idaho. He even yeah, has, yeah, Thomas is great. Yeah, I Thomas, like, is, Thomas great. is cool. And he's also a bonus to work with as a uh, performer because he's very caring and tender as a teacher mm -hmm. where he, if you say something or do something, he's always like, that's great, let's try this. Like he's, he gives you the director's notes that you want as a performer. Yeah. When he's like, I love what you're doing. How about we do this too? And you're like, okay, sure. Yeah, he yeah he's super great. feelings. Well, he's it just, he's <laughs> soft, which, uh, which us, creative types actually generally kind of need even though we we want to pretend we're all tough that's stupid yeah and that we like i will go home and cry yeah i, I don't <laughs> care about now. criticism yeah I do. we just all cry, I, cry. <laughs> I get angry and that protects me from caring like that's but it's still there oh yeah, yeah totally. Like, i totally get that yeah like yeah. you just it's so i'm so much the same way where somebody can say something and i'll uh, I'll, I'll be like, oh, that's so fucking weak, dude. Like, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. And then, like, two hours later, I'm just like, you know what? I just feel super bad about this. Whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, right. yeah, I totally get that. But um, what kind of stories are, like, people telling? Well, okay, so I moved into themes real quick because that's the thing uh, pop that's been popular. Where, uh, oh, you know, I really need to get this online. Otherwise, we'll never get anyone here by the end of the show. Um, so... They're themed shows. So, like, I did a Christmas show where we did Christmas music, and it was, like, a Christmas sing-along. So I tried that element out for a while, and then Thomas cool. Paul helped me with that. I had Lady Business on for that one. But then what happened to a lot of comedians who have never done traditional storytelling? Okay, so uh, here you are, uh, a comic. You're so used to working in the, in the range, emotional palette of humor has to be the core concept. And you can dabble in other emotional colors for what you're making, but you can't really explore grief without coming back to humor. Yeah. And it's such a masterful thing to bring people into grief and back without damaging anyone or not losing enough of the audience. It's a very skilled or you just have to be really good. But Nanette. Once, <laughs> right, right. But as but once you move into the storytelling thing, the expectations of your audience change, therefore giving you more permission to be more vulnerable, attach more. An excellent story, if you're interested in seeing what this is like, is Story Story Night has their semicolon show which was, I think, also a season finale. And then uh, Emma Arnold, a local, a great local comedian here in Boise who also travels a lot doing comedy around the nation, has her semicolon story, which is about suicide. And she gets a standing ovation at the end of the, of the story, and she deserves it. 
it's such now she's a funny person but one of the things that makes her comedy popular with the people who like it is her vulnerability and you see this on display in the storytelling format where she is just telling you stories the, the part of that makes us a comic where we like to quip and make people laugh still exists as this bittersweet taste throughout her story because she comes back to the humor as a way of checking herself bringing her out of emotional state and the emotional impact on the audience is just tenfold because you as a comic have been hitting them with your comedy dick and trying to make <laughs> them come that way. But with, uh, with the storytelling, you have the variety of the rest of your body. You don't just have to use one tool creatively. You can actually come in with anything. And if we make it a storytelling musical concept, you're now open to use any tool that you feel like to express this connection to the audience, trying to once again regress this back to the core concept of what are we here for? We're here for that sense of community and to share a thing together. So when I leave at the end of the Whiskey Ginger Show, uh, like the last one, I left I left him intentionally on a positive but a silent note, and I walked off stage to dead silence for a second. I think I've done more masterfully. That does come back with a very rambunctious applause after you're <laughs> done with that. And these are the things that the show is focusing on. So in the last format, I was working with Nick Coots, formerly from the band Space Car, who is a punk punk rock musician. Oh, yeah. Guitarist. Yeah. yeah, and so he played uh, electric guitar. For everything. And so we sang a few songs and people told a few stories. And that show was actually redefining masculinity, where we were looking at masculinity through a new lens. I booked uh, a couple trans men. I booked a uh, drag queen. Like, uh, and of course, I was there. And no, there were no butch men, which, I mean, surprising because I don't hang out with any. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, even in the process of putting together that one show, the amount of energy I got, uh, NPR contacted me. Uh, Idaho Matters on NPR contacted me oh, that's to so, interview so me. Cool. I couldn't make it to the interview, but after de like more than a decade of doing shows, it's these projects that people are interested in. Yeah, because there's just more. And to be frank, as a producer, once you get that NPR audience, those liberals have money. And <laughs> quite frankly, uh, the I, yuppies. <laughs> well, it goes back to the sustainability goal. Yeah. So moving to Seattle, I reboot the whole con core concept with a singer songwriter. So instead of mostly doing covers, which is what I do now. I find someone who I can help create a, 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 a music with and then we control it, which means promoting it will be easier because I can just put clips of music on and not just stories so people can get more of the emotional impact when I'm trying to promote the show. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 my one of my pet projects. And then I'll do other stuff. But the other thing is nobody's doing anything like that that I'm aware of. Not for sure. Not yeah. for sure. Not in Boise. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Not here. And it's rare enough. Yeah. Like even when the numbers change, the amount of skills you need to have to even have access into certain things is pretty stupendous. Like once we add new elements, we lose people because I'm I'm uh, compensating by adding a person to the mix. But ideally, it would just be me and one other person. And then if we needed to add percussion or something else, we can just add that person and pay them. But it's not that hard to add a drummer to things or even work with one or hire one once we're making enough money. And I if don't I know. can move that up and down. Drummers are pretty few and far between. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, comparatively to everything that I have to do to do the show. Sure. It's way easier to find one person with one skill to fit in a plug in a hole in a ship than it is to be like, because I, I, the yeah. more of it that I'm personally responsible of, the more easier it is for me to control. Yeah. Until I'm paying people. Oh, yeah, you know. Then I got her professionals. <laughs> Being in any sort of, like, group thing is always going to be it's like impossible like being in like trying to put like a sketch group together or something like that yeah. or like an yeah, improv right. group yeah. or something yeah, like that yeah it's just difficult to get together yeah it's impossible people have it yeah scheduling like six people to do something is it's never going to happen it really is <laughs> uh, 
All right. We're a half hour into the show, and I still haven't posted this this photo yet. I want you to know that I'm easily distractible. New podcasting. Ooh. Oh yeah, I love posting. I love when people uh, take a take a few minutes from from an audio format. Yeah, to, to do, do a social thing. media. Well, you were gonna do this by yourself. I was. I'm, I'm running out. <laughs> you talk about. Something. I was just gonna record promos for our other shows. Yeah, that's so fun. <laughs> that's really fun. There are a bunch of other shows on on Eavesdrop though. What uh, are you guys doing? Uh, there, uh, there's one called Permanent Time Off, and mm-hmm. that's a show about people's worst job experiences. And there's a show called The Be Kind Rewind, and that's uh, a look back on some of the most reviled movies in cinema history and trying to look at them through the lens of that they might have something actually great to offer. Uh, the first episode that was recorded was about the, the Phantom Menace. Um, you know, everybody hates the Phantom Menace, but this was all about why. I don't. I don't either. I don't that's anymore. What, when it's uh, Joey Maxi is the host of that show, mm-hmm. and um, when he, I asked him if he had any ideas for a podcast, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, I got this one where I think like I want to do like the Phantom Menace and talk about why the Phantom Menace is great and do that with like other movies." And I was like, "Oh, dude, I fucking love the Phantom Menace." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we go to movies for escapism, right? Like, yeah, like what's I'm just there to have a good time. I, was, I saw Aquaman for the like last night for the first time. Oh yeah, and it was a good show. Like, yeah, whatever. Oh, I hated Aquaman. Yeah, but I I, I so rarely hate a movie. Yeah, I, I know. I so rarely yeah. hate a movie. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, like, it's very, I mean, it has to be, it has to be bad enough to make me feel like I wasted my time. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, like. Uh, th- well, that's why, like, there's very few movies that I go to see in the theater because there's so much, like, trash that it's just churned mm-hmm. out. But I do, I enjoy trash, you know? I enjoy yeah. trash movies. Just, uh, but, um, like, with The Phantom Menace, I feel like. For that, that movie just has a bad rap and also star it wars really star wars fans are the worst <laughs> yeah they're just <laughs> we're they're just finding terrible. out now like people are kind of like coming to realize with all the last jedi controversy that star wars fans are just the worst uh sorry star wars fans if you have a different opinion you can come on this show and talk to me about it but <laughs> i think i think a lot of you are great but a lot of you are absolutely atrocious people and <laughs> throwing down the gauntlet right now and getting rid of a huge portion of my potential audience but you guys need to get your shit together you're going to get hate listens you, you know I, I just i don't i don't understand why people like uh, to me uh even if something's relatively disappointing it's a lot for me like uh oh, let's just use a classic one it's a lot like sex like Eve, okay, so I enjoy sex, like a lot of people do. I'm, I'm, I'm a little hyper sex. So if I enjoy sex, I'm gonna enjoy sex most of the time. Right. Sometimes, phenomenal. Occasionally, it's fantastic. Sometimes it's good. Occasionally, it's memorable. But a percentage of the time, it's okay. But you know what's happening? I'm still having sex. <laughs> yeah. And Star Wars fans <laughs> and it's uh, superhero fan guys. This nerd clique of mostly white, mostly cis, yeah. mostly heterosexual dudes are so entitled to this thing that now that it's popular, they really kind of want to feel like they still get voices. But it's like, look, this is one of the most exp- these are some of the most uh, expensive and popular franchises in the world. Yeah. And they appeal to you less every year because they're trying to get more people in the door. Well, I I agree and I disagree because I don't I think they still appeal to those people. I think those people are just looking for the wrong things to relate to. And there's that too. You know. Yeah, and they just don't like I don't really give a shit if every like I it's like when they got mad because they added a black stormtrooper and then they get mad about this magical word that they believe in called canon. 
canon isn't real. Nothing. If it's if it's about canon, it's the real fake thing. That's what canon means. This is the fake thing that's real. Yeah. And it's like okay, so we've already established it's fake. Yeah. This is just the fake stuff we agree on. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay, great. Who, I'm not gonna. Who take cares? It. Who cares? Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. Like to be. Yeah. I I remember I saw something about a person complaining about how Captain Marvel. Um, retconned a bunch of things from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and I was like I feel like every single fucking one of those movies retcons something about one of the previous movies you're just picking on this movie because it's a woman (laughs) and she said something about not wanting to do press with a bunch of white dudes also like yeah I don't really give a shit like the thing is is I like the actors and I appreciate them doing work but other than that like yeah I just yeah. I, I I think getting bent out of shape about movies is so stupid. Unless right? like unless the movie is like grossly offensive and like clearly just done in like very poor taste, then like but then people don't even get like people don't see those. Like people people never went and saw like epic movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because pro- it wasn't epic. <laughs> you can't just name a movie epic movie. Here, put the address in of where we're at so people oh, okay. have an hour to come catch up with us. Okay, it took us forty minutes for me to post this. We're trying to get one of you, dear listeners. Uh, it's too late for you if you're listening to this because you're in the future. God, I really hope everything worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because some of these people, I, I always struggle with time in the middle of podcasts where I'm like, wow, it's fun. We're talking into the future. Oh, gosh. I don't like doing this right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm making you split your attention. It's not, it's, it's not your fault. It, I'm, trying, I'm trying a thing. And sometimes it works. I like to ask the internet for things, and some of those things, thank you, and some of those things, uh, you know. What's the coolest thing? Is the car the coolest thing you've ever gotten from that? But to be realistic, the best thing that I get out of it is the black market asthma inhaler supply chain. And oh, no way. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Tell me about okay, this. Okay, so here's what it is. So this goes back to Or wait, to should you again. not tell me? No, it's you, fine. Okay. This is generalized knowledge, and if you don't have it, then it's fine. You should have it. Okay, so for those of us who have things like insulin, I, I take, but I, it's more controlled, or uh, rescue inhalers, I have really bad asthma, we, have, we need access to medication or we die. So, no way. Yeah, right? <laughs> so uh, in, the society should be structured in a way to look out for the people who need things to live, but it isn't. So what happens is if you reach a certain level of need and you aren't too prideful of ask – you can just ask your social network, and if it's expansive enough or you have the right people in it or both, then there will be people who just have inhalers laying around or whatever medication you need. The more common what you need is, the easier it is to find. Well, albuterol is used for pretty much all of the lung conditions to help people breathe again. So if you get sick, you might be given a rescue inhaler, which I use to keep myself alive, but you only need for two weeks. And then after you're done using it, it's just going to sit in your counter until it's too old and you'll throw it away. And you might be like, oh, okay, well, what if we need this again later? I'm not going to toss it yet. But if someone on your on your friends list that you know is like, hey, I need rescue inhalers, uh, for the record, if you buy them over the counter, they are anywhere between $50 and $65. Some people have to use more than one a month. That's me. And if it's really bad, yeah. So then It can add up. Yeah, it, just, it can add up. And when you're looking at just the other cost of being poor, it's nice to not have to worry about oh, this yeah, extra cost. For sure. So what ends up happening is there are people who intersect with me that get a supply. Now, this supply is like a well that gets slowly replenished over the season, but it does exist. So if I wait long enough, I can just throw out a casting call. And I'm like, (laughs) who wants to play hero? 
this is such a specific role that I'm asking for that there's one friend on my friends list who likes to pretend to be Robin Hood, even refers to himself as Robin Hood. And he's like, I'll ask my friend Robin. Like, he's a superhero in a comic book. <laughs> and I think it's super schmaltzy and silly. But here's the thing. I, there's no such thing as a selfish action. And he feels good helping me. And he can help me. And so all I have to do is allow him that that feeling. And he gets it for me. You just have to call him Robin Hood. I, well, who wouldn't at that point? Like <laughs> yeah. Now, with the sliding scale, and if I'm not working, the inhalers can actually drop low in cost. But if I tap into public... Uh, resources to take advantage of that that is reducing the resources of the public group so it's not entirely unethical in my mind because I can take advantage of public things like I can personally get an inhaler right now for $17 but here's the other thing you can only get so many at a given rate because the insurance company for the uh, medical office won't allow them to refill them too often so even with like also you need to you need to see your doctor every three months even if you don't have to so if you're taking insulin the uh, clinic that I go to makes you go back every uh, three months to see your doctor, even if, well, I'm not going to not have uh, diabetes. Like, <laughs> yeah. The asthma is not leaving ever. <laughs> it might kill me because I don't have an inhaler. Right. So it's and but my asthma is bad. I'm actually safer. My asthma is so bad. I always have an inhaler and I have a backup in my car like uh, with uh, only a few hits on it because I will die. And it's just easier for sell somebody to get scary. in the glove compartment. That, well, that's crazy. That's, yeah, but it's yeah, but I mean, yeah. You kind of just live with it. You well, kind of just you have a point one percent chance of dying every day. That's basically a little bit more than every. I mean, the way it feels because obviously doing odds are hard. It's less dangerous if I'm careful than just crossing the street. You know, and people do that all the time without dying. The stories you hear of people with asthma that die are not people with terrible asthma because we always have our medicine with us. It's people who either lose access to medicine oh. or what happens is, okay, so this is an actual story. I can't quote the source, but it's stuck in my head because this emotional impact. A young couple gets married and they go out on a long hike as part of their honeymoon. On that honeymoon, she has a very rare asthma attack as they're far away from the car. He is unable to return to the car with her medicine and back in enough time for her to survive because some asthma attacks scale very quickly. So whatever trigger she had. Oh, and here's a fun thing. Bodies can generate new allergies. So asthma itself, you can just all of a sudden be allergic to a new thing. So, <laughs> And your body can adjust to where you live. So moving from Boise to Seattle could actually trigger or change what triggers I have that give me asthma attacks. Oh, my God. So, and that's just a thing about bodies that are fun. So, because that's horrifying, it's horrifying. <laughs> but what's horrifying is if, like, okay, your kid gets asthma, and so you have an inhaler around, but they never use it. And then after a year and a half, you're like, oh, maybe they outgrow it. Kids outgrow asthma. And then they go to soccer practice and they have an asthma attack. What do you do as a father when you haven't even needed an inhaler for a year and a half and you just assumed it was fine? The doctors didn't find anything. Like they have like come back and all of a sudden something triggers them. They develop a new allergy as kids do. And all of a sudden you have a dead kid. And that doesn't happen very often, family. Oh, my God. But it could happen. You are like hitting me in my fear spot yeah. right now. Storytelling so is the best oh skill to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so but the thing is, the odds of these things happening when we are objective about it are actually really small. It will happen to some parent this year somewhere. So, or a story very similar, and you don't want it to be anyone that you care about simply because the emotional horror of that is too hard to experience. But we do have to accept that there's a percentage of people that deal with these kinds of things every day. People don't die in elevator elevator uh, accidents because of elevator has like triple, quadruple systems. Yeah. But every great once in a while, there's an elevator accident and somebody dies. So it's like there's yeah. – 
And it's just a thing. Like maybe, maybe someday you're the guy on the 18th floor. Yeah. yeah. When everything yeah. breaks. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. I think about, sometimes I think about this stuff way too much, especially in regards to mm-hmm. my children. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, because the dad gene. Yeah. Well, every time we're like around a pool or around like, uh, we're like at the beach or something like that. Mm-hmm. I am just like on red alert and Hey, Koji. Koji, Koji, Koji. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hey guys. What's up? What is that? What'd you bring us? Tequila. Oh, shit. Well, that's... No way. Hey, gang. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Oh, yeah. Running the board. Running the show. Doing it all, baby. Uh, we have uh, Koji Krill, my the host of Permanent Time Off, the show we were talking about earlier, and yeah. his uh, lovely uh, spouse, Abby Krill. And <laughs> that's a really cool name. Is it? Yeah, it is. Krill or Abby? Abby Krill. Abby Krill. Yeah. Three. Three. Uh, Koji Krill is a cool name too. Yeah, it is. It's three. The three. Three is a good number for names. We. Uh, I'm a four. You have four names? No, four syllables. Oh, I was like, okay. what are you Mikey talking about? Pullman. <laughs> yeah. It's less strong than three. About? It's less strong than three. I, uh, I, your your name used to be Schlagenhoff. Oh, yeah, that's which a tough a one. Rough one. I personally really like those kinds of names. My first wife's name was Verdung. 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 <laughs> it actually had dung in it. I always thought it was a fun name. It sounds like uh, from Thirty Rock Verdukianism. Verdukianism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. And Verdung was her first or last. It was her first maiden name. Okay. She's had a, she's had a few <laughs> I names. I genuinely thought that was a first name. Oh, Verdung. So. Like I wouldn't date some German lady named Verdung. Hi, I'm Verdung. <laughs> and what was Verdung's last name? Stephanie. <laughs> fuckface. <laughs> Hi, I'm Verdung fuckface. There's only one of us in the world. It's German for shithead. <laughs> um, thank you for saying that you like my name because I've had a really hard time since I changed my name. And okay. I thought that Abby didn't go well with Krill. And so she held it against me this entire time. She, yeah. you're allowed to have feelings. It's I totally actually, th- yeah. I actually yeah, think it fits valid. well. I think it fits very well. I just like threes. I think they're they're just they feel good. Okay, but yeah, like my I've, name's Abigail. Yeah, but you don't go by it. Well, you are now Andrew. Abigail. Okay, uh, polysyllabic names or names that are near that are also really cool. Like. Just uh, I just like names for the most part. I just I'm just a big name fan. Just a big name person <laughs> I'm just right into now. Into names. And someone you meet, you don't like their name, you're immediately just like. I'm an excellent. You're not my person. Yeah. I'm an excellent liar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's fine as long so as. So you've I'm, been lying to me this whole time. How would my you name know? <laughs> how would you know? And now that I've admitted that, I've created this space where we're never going to be sure we're in a super state. Yeah, we'll we never know. It's just going to oscillate. <laughs> you could, you know, I think that's the wave of the future. New couples should just make up a new last name every time. Nobody owns or just property like smash anymore. Them together. You know, I don't like the super hyphen because then someday there's going to be, you know, Smith Jones, Austin Groover, hyphen. <laughs> oh yeah, Holman Holmes, Jack and. You know what though? Freddie. I I like the idea of creating a new name, but there is something, and I didn't realize this until I had my first kid, mm-hmm. that there is something about legacy that is appealing. So having like your name carry on to a new generation yeah. makes you feel much cooler yeah, but if we're gonna <laughs> very do that, powerful we should do the maternal line because we can only actually prove that children exist through maternity so the men's name wouldn't even be used if we were being logical about oh that, it. that's fine i mean i'm on board with the that. woman's legacy yeah. which i feel is how we should be structuring our society anyway i agree yeah i know one couple i and i've never heard this before and i yeah. think that it's probably fairly normal but one couple that the husband changed his last name to her last name did she have a better name yeah yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it in a second. Oh, I yeah. I don't care. Yeah, My name's better. stupid. 
I wanted to take my mom's last name because Kawano, Koji Kawano, just yeah, that's like super cool. Yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I yeah. felt like my name went better with Kawano, so. Ooh, like, Abby Kawano. Kawano is just a cool, yeah, really is. cool name. We're a really white-looking couple, though, so it's kind of like <laughs> you can do. Stuff. You get to do that. It's yeah. <laughs> if it's a legitimate source, I'm it's not like Japanese, you're just, yeah. so I get a, you know, I'm not just pulling out of the thin air. Yeah, Abby, you yeah. are like aggressively European. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like how Koji Abby is Schlag like. I'm a white Kawano. guy. <laughs> My name's Koji. <laughs> Whoa. I've always thought before I knew Koji, I was like, of course he's Asian. Like he looks very Asian, yeah. and then people are like. Your husband is Asian? Like, look at him. Oh, I think you look Japanese for sure. Yeah. From the side, maybe. <laughs> I thought you looked from behind. From the back. I don't know what that means, but from behind. I think you look like an American. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. 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 Gosh, yeah. I wish God I had like it. a cool guitar solo. <laughs> yeah, you do. I don't know. I never, you know, actually, here's a real truth. Never crossed my mind. Your nationality was just whatever. I don't care. Just a guy. It yeah. doesn't matter. Just some person that's, that's really a, cool. He takes photos. I'm a human He's man. Friendly. Human yeah, man. He's a human person. I can't, I can't tell visually if you're even a man anymore. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I am, could be I am anything. anything. You could be anything. Just yeah, people. It's just it's just fucking it. people out here. We're, just, just we're skipping all that. <laughs> also valid. Um, Should we do these shots? Yeah, of here's the shot. You want Ninja Turtles or you want this uh, handmade shot glass from a uh, guy at Treefort that just gave it to me randomly? Oh, I'll take the handmade one. Yeah, that sounds good. It says friendship. I thought you were going to say it's a handmaid's tale shot glass. It's, uh, uh, it's a very, very weird <laughs> shot Have you guys glass. watched that show? I have. It is. I don't like it. It's brutal. Okay, it's I haven't, I haven't either because I'm really sensitive and I like to cry. Yeah, well, that's yes. the... Yeah. It'll do it. I actually... Uh, it's not so much the content. Like, yeah. it is brutal content on there, but they do a few things on that show that, like, drive me crazy in a lot of, like, dr- hour-long dramas, oh, which is God. where they do, like... the Like, Walking Dead does this all the time where they'll do, like, huge rug pulls where they'll be like, ooh, the stakes are so high. Every Anyone could die at any moment, and then nobody <laughs> dies. And it's just like, well... I don't want you to keep doing that to me. I don't want you to so, keep uh, making me yeah, think Koji, people are going to die. Write this down. Next episode, yeah. she doesn't die again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so frustrating to me. Write this down. Brett doesn't like edging. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just put that down in the notes. He That's likes to be quick <laughs> finish. Yeah. Yeah, he, just needs, he just needs closure. He yeah. just needs closure. It's, it's fine. Okay, I, have, well, I have partners that don't like edging either. I do. Well, <laughs> thank you for sharing. <laughs> Emotional edging is really nice. I like waiting for something to happen that never happens. Uh, do you do you, I don't do you drink still, Mike? Oh yeah, not as much as since I lost my phone last month, but that seems that seems logical. <laughs> Here, I'll I'll go get a cup. Oh um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah just, do it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just do. do you want one of these? I don't. Yeah, I knew. Ever? It. <laughs> I'll say yes. <laughs> I, I had I some in. So we got. Wait, now, now that Brett's gone, let's tell everybody what we think about him. For oh, yeah. oh, he's a real piece of shit. No. Um, I just don't like his um, wife. Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> his children. It's his, his children. Children. Uh, it, no, Ashley's it's... really sweet, though, for the record. Yeah, no. Ashley she's is very sweet. Great she's lady. great. Mm-hmm. Great hair. Yeah. Great face. Pretty much has the whole package. You know, if you, there too. Uh, yeah. you got a crush on her? Is that what's going on uh, right now? Of course. No, we're definitely pro. We're building women up. That's what we're doing here <laughs> in this podcast. I would, I would 100% say that I have a crush on it's Ashley Battistain. Yeah. Mm. She's a good friend. Now, that's a good name, too. Ashley I like Battistain Ashley Battistain. Well, Battistain is good. I also think is, is a good name. I also yeah, think oh, it, yeah. that, yeah, like, 
I've, I've seen too many people try to make puns off Battlestain over the years for me to really appreciate it as much as I did when I met him. But that's not Brett's fault. <laughs> that's literally every dumbass hack that's like, I'm going to be clever about your name. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to so do a dumb. thing. It's okay. so dumb. But I've definitely said data stain before. Yeah, data no, stain's good. Look, I've said one of those that I'm talking about, but I oh, hate sure. that version of myself, too. Like, oh, yeah. I'm also <laughs> hating on myself when I was one of those is assholes. The, is it the ass stain one? Uh, no, that wasn't me, I don't think. Actually, my favorite one, my favorite one is what my wife calls me, which is butthole stain. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the best one I've ever heard. Yeah, no, it's so good. simple. <laughs> does it? Does that not apply to her as well? Because no. she's now a badass? No, it doesn't apply it's to her. It's only Just me. Oh, yeah. yeah, but she's the one who chose to be named butthole stain. Like, that's <laughs> a whole other thing. That's oh, yeah, lovely. she came up with butthole stain long <laughs> uh-huh. before we were married. She came up with it like almost Day immediately. three. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Hey, butthole stain. <laughs> yeah. What's so what are we what are we drinking? Uh, uh, let's drink to the first episode of uh, the eavesdrop. This is this is all the way from a Mexican airport. <laughs> I'm gonna Cabo die, San Lucas. Do you want anything to drink, Abby? Nope, I'm good. I'm good. I don't. Uh, well, it's I'm, not really. This bottle's really great. Bad. It's got like well, a circle like, in the middle of it, and this little blue flower. Is that a gava plant? Yeah, I think so. There's like um, and whole, Lacroix and stuff, and like bottles of yeah, water. Yeah, it's agave. Oh, I'm okay. Okay. I, um, so Can you we stop trying in... to make my wife drink liquid? <laughs> I'm not allowed to drink. Dehydrate, bitch. <laughs> so when we were in Mexico, Koji really wanted to get tequila, and then oh, that's he did. Really good. Um, but I started to get deathly ill the last mm-hmm. couple of days. Oh, yeah, we that's were right. in Mexico. Yeah, it was really fun. And um, we went into like a little store, and the guy that was working there insisted that I try mezcal. mezcal. Oh, yeah, mezcal. Spicy boy. He told me that it was going to, yeah. The one with the worm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. told me it was going to make Bartender my throat feel knowledge. better, <laughs> but it just made my whole f- body feel worse. <laughs> and then I wanted to leave. I wanted to go home. I was done with the trip. The the tequila ruined me. I feel like tequila does tend to like make my bones hurt. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you like want another shot? The way a party would make your bones hurt though. It's like a no. good bone. No, no, no. Pain. This is different. This is like internally It's like, it just I just feel like achy and creaky in a way that's different than just like a normal hangover. You're not doing enough. Like it dries, it. Like it dries you it. up. Yeah. There's no lubrication. And yeah, so it just you dries just me like up. are doing the role. <laughs> yeah. I just have to walk around tequila parties that I go to all the time doing the robot. <laughs> God, it's funny. Um, you this know, is really good tequila. It's not bad, right? Yeah. For an airport. Let no, me know when you're ready for another shot. Dude, <laughs> Mama right, no, okay. I'm just, I don't do this anymore. I don't do this anymore. But on the hundredth episode of one of your podcasts, I brought an entire bottle of what did I bring? And I just drank the whole thing in the first 10 minutes. Uh, sake, I think. Yeah, right? I drank a whole bottle sake. of sake. That was the kind yeah. of person I was at that time. Yeah. I hate a lot of my previous incarnations. You've evolved so much. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take fine. another one. Why this not? It goes back to what I was saying about all the pathos and just being a sad man, like in general. Like, even though I was, I'm, an, I'm a naturally happy person, but my thoughts were very weighted down. So, like, it was very difficult when you're always trying to bump up against, like, the, the ceiling of your negative thoughts and emotions. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I then, totally get that. Yeah, like, and normally people deal with that through therapy, but I just did a lot of acid and <laughs> figured it out. Like, I figured it out. Shamanism is the key, kids. Don't listen to science. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Get therapy if you need therapy. I'm yeah, actually just sure. medicating. I don't endorse that I don't at all. <laughs> get therapy. Mikey's opinion. <laughs> Mikey's opinions are not the opinion of anyone this else. This is sponsored by. This is sponsored by. Uh, this shot is being brought to you by tequila. Tequila. Thank you for drinking. 
Okay. Making your bones dry. <laughs> Making right. your bones dry. Cheers. <laughs> I'm drinking out of a blue plastic cup. <laughs> Plop, are you the one that made the clink sound? Because uh. yours wouldn't make a natural <laughs> clink. Uh, okay, Don't try and force Ooh. the clink. Did that, uh, that episode also had Emma Arnold on it. In I don't think Dylan it did. Yeah, I remember her being there. Oh. Yeah. Well, I drank a whole bottle of sake, so I time to remember the whole episode. <laughs> that was that was Except so long ago. That was so long ago. I, I just, I, that's, you know, we that's don't it. do a lot of things together. That's just true. an entire improv group in two incarnations for like six years. But yeah, other than that, what, like you, two what years the fuck ago, are you talking really about? Really we, we've actually done quite <laughs> a few things pretty together. Far, I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> and, but now it's a good thing that you are because you're moving. Is that right? Yeah, I um, uh, I feel like this is the beginning of the podcast. Oh, l- uh, late comer listeners. Uh, oh, yeah, no, okay. no, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, that's gonna uh, that might pose a problem on this show is that people are gonna come in and be like, so will you catch me up on everything? Yeah, already went over. Here's the full recap of my last few months. Broke out of the longest relationship of my life. I came out as gender fluid. I'm moving to Seattle to do stand up primarily or kill myself. We're not really sure which way the timelines are going to go. <laughs> go ahead and, and move. See, uh, I'm still s- yeah, move. moving. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, uh, yeah. And overall, it's because I've spent a decade and a half doing creative projects in Boise and there's just no long term opportunities or paths to sustainability. So, like, you can do startups like this one, but the amount of effort that you have to put into it as a solo artist is almost too tremendous for oh, the yeah. amount of investment. Yeah. So, yeah. I produce local shows, which are relatively uh, popular. You know, I fill up 50 to 100 ven- uh, seat venues with a variety of shows, including, like, comedy and storytelling and stuff like that. But in uh, Seattle, I will have access as I drive to literally millions of potential customers because I'll have a car. And then I can just uh, <laughs> produce shows, move them up and down. You know, yeah. in large cities, just like in small cities, there's tons of venues and things that people just aren't taking advantage of and over time you can build up context and build good products that can be easy to sell and i specialize in niche marketed small shows so i can produce lots of little shows which simultaneously also gives me a shit ton of stage time which is transactional so there are other long-term benefits so the move to seattle is a good professional one but I'm not necessarily on the path that comics are usually on where they're trying to be famous. Like, I will definitely get a Hulu special if one's offered to me. Like, I'll do five minutes yeah. on Netflix. I'm not prideful. <laughs> like, in Seattle, it's really interesting because I just got my first booking from Seattle before I got there. Uh, for those of you who don't Congrats. know, almost all of you. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I, was on, I was on the first Portland Queer Comedy Festival. And at this time, I, the only real identifier I had is I come out as bisexual, like, uh, I mean, I have so many crazy identifiers, but like that was the one that I'm the most known of for. And I came you should out, have one of those shirts, you know, the shirts just name that, everything I am. Yeah, that's like uh, the ones that are like beer and coffee and motorcycles and blah. Yeah, but just all your identifiers. <laughs> <laughs> there, it's it's a, it's a whole other conversation, the whole gender thing, and like what I've been doing. Uh, we didn't really have we hadn't had a chance to really get into it yet, but uh, like I had posted a thing on Facebook today, just talking about the prime the timeline of. Uh, traditionally feminine things that I am doing like uh, I'm still controlled by a lot of the habits and things I've built up in public spaces so I'm very masculine presenting especially when I'm dressed like this in spaces with people who have known me for a long time or if I'm in public so you can hear my voices in a lower register and then it occasionally flares up or as one of my best friends used to say flame on like where the (laughs) the affectations would come out but in reality like if you find me with my closest person I'm usually in a general neutral or feminine state like I wear makeup now I do my own eyeliner like I wear a lot of skirts and a lot more feminine stuff I've been doing a lot more feminine presenting things and exploring gender 
And uh, not going to lie, that's also part of the move to Seattle because I'm tired of being looked at as a cryptid here because right right, right. wingers (laughs) don't know how to deal with you. And it's just like, treat me like a person ass. I'm still a baritone. And and then left wingers gave you the extended eye contact. I approve of you look, which is what I'm sure is like everybody in the cryptid. Like I'm sure interracial relationships get that from the liberals and the left with their NPR tote bags. I'm like, oh, you're in an interracial relationship. Look at us caring about you. Going out of their way being like, Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm getting that person. Because I forget, like, you know, because I'm out with one of my partners and she's a butch female, which incidentally my favorite type of persons are butch femmes. And uh, so she's dressed the baseball cap t-shirt looking really tough. She's bigger than I am. Like got more muscles and everything like that. And uh, I'm out there in a skirt. I'll be in like girly. Like she's literally twirling me around (laughs) and like we're on a date. Like, but she noticed how people were looking at me and it actually made her protective. So it's been really interesting, like in queer spaces with relationships, the way the gender roles have been like balancing and playing around with each other. Because mm-hmm. traditionally, as someone who's six feet tall and usually around 200 plus pounds, I'm that person. The dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, and when yeah. I'm with the hyper feminine, those personality traits that I've been manifesting for so long are one of the reasons why I believe a lot of my I've been stifled creatively so much these last few years. And I've been pushing away from comedy because the things that I'm saying aren't reflecting my actual voice. They're reflecting this construct of my voice and who I've been over the years, which has by and large been a very cynical, uh, intelligent, but depressing person to be around sometimes because of all this nihilism. And I'm trying to embrace a positive nihilism where nah, nothing exists, but that doesn't mean we can't party until it's over. Like, right, right, right. like life should be like Kurt Vonnegut said, we're here to fuck around. Mm-hmm. So all of this yeah. kind of encapsulates into this fact that I'm just ready to move. Like Boise's nice. There's actually a lot going on here. Uh, the comedy scene was written, recently written up in Forbes magazine because of our 208 Comedy Fest. Uh, there's a lot of really funny, good people here, but I don't feel it here anymore. Like I've laid some, I've, I've planted some seeds for some projects that well, whatever happens happens, and I've tried to invest in some people who I think have a lot of potential. But that's all I can really do. And so I'm out. And that's fine because I'm not clickish. I don't really have a click of comics. I don't hang out with the club comics. I don't hang out with like the others. I just, you know, do my own thing. So And it's not like you're moving to Florida. Like right. you're, you exist nearby. I'll You'll still be able to shows. drive here. Yeah. My actual atheist show was gonna be at the comedy club on July seventeenth, uh, during uh, Boise's funniest person because he needs his Friday's book, but he forgot he needed that Friday to pay his coach his judges. <laughs> so he had to cancel the show. And the atheist show actually usually sells out. Uh, Brett's been doing it almost since the beginning. I booked him for it almost more than anybody else. That's not true, but yeah, you did it my first time. <laughs> I, I did it a couple times, yeah. but not more than anybody else for sure. No, I don't book a lot of the same people anymore. Um, well, it was fun when I did it. Yeah, I think uh, Chad's been the person who's been booked the most because he was my token uh, straight white guy. Okay, gotcha. Especially after the rest of you guys moved. Um, I that's where the only joke that I ever like to tell for an extended amount of time about Yahweh. That's, that's what, my favorite joke. That's the first time I ever told that oh, joke was so at good. an atheist show. And I, yeah. I still, I still say Yahweh a lot and just my, Yahweh. my regular oh. life. Yeah. It's, it's your yas. Like it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone says Yahweh's. Yahweh. There's actually another religious show in Boise that's taken root, the uh, Jack Mormon comedy hour. And it's very similar in what it is. is I saw something about it. There's that, tons of Jack Mormons and, why these religious shows do really well is because if you're even if you're a Christian and you come into here, you already know what's happening when you walk in the room. A generic showcase, you don't. Anybody could talk about anything. But we're here to talk about religion. It's called the atheist comedy experience. If you come in as a Christian, you're one of the cool Christians because you came into an atheist show. So right off the bat, we already know nobody's here to hurt anyone's feelings. But it's one of the few rare spaces that atheists and mind you, non-believers are the third largest group of people 
in the world now and even in our that's country. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's that's now nuts. as many non-believers in our country as there are evangelicals and Christians. And what we've had for a long time is what I've called functional atheists. Wait, people really Christians? Just yeah. Just like straight any well, Christian faith? Well, here's or... the problem is people have been identifying as Christian because of the shame involved in not calling themselves Christian. Uh, so we know that a lot of the polls have been off because if I come to your house and your family's Christian and you're Christian but you haven't been to church in like six years, you're just going to say Christian. Yeah, if like, you're the son or the daughter yeah, of well, a Christian and why wouldn't family. You? Yeah. And those numbers kind of get bloated. But we're actually looking at church numbers and the way that things have been decreasing and stuff like that. What we mostly are now is functional atheists. Even those of us that believe aren't out there acting like there's a fire and brimstone Jehovah coming out of the, 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 the clouds someday to kill everybody. And the ones that do are people we don't like. Like Westboro and people like that. Yeah, like, they're right. kind of they're fringe elements yeah. now more than like yeah. the mainstream type of thinking is. You right. know, most people are just out there Absolutely. doing it. <laughs> you know, most yeah, people are yeah. just out there living their lives. They're yeah. not just like. And millennials <laughs> especially actually have a much more laid back form of atheism because the my generation of atheists, so to speak. I'm actually 42. Hard to tell. Uh, my generation not of so, atheists. No, it's not. Just kidding. It's because you've known me a long time. I like to, I like to be young passing. <laughs> but like the other day, I was talking to one of my friends in my age group, and I was Snapchatting a first night I date with. This happened last night. Oh, my God. You sound like such like, a millennial right now. You know, shut <laughs> I know, right? I'm technically Gen Xer, though. Uh, and she she literally didn't even know what Snapchat was, and I thought that was really funny. That is that's super, that's super cute. Because she's like, I'm like, you're only 41. Like, where are you going to be? And like, the the technology moves so fast that if you're not trying to keep up with anything, 10 years from now you'd be lost. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know, because like Roy, your 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 stepdad. He was like, "Have you heard of TikTok?" I'm like, "What the hell is TikTok? <laughs> how did and you not? Know, how do you I, not get TikTok? I don't. I don't do you know. not use Facebook? I don't know. I, well, I, I saw the ads. I saw okay. the ads. I'm sure, but like he could like literally. It? Well, I think that he was... had heard about it on like Ellen DeGeneres or something. Oh yeah, see. <laughs> but I didn't know what it was. Oh, and yeah. then of course, because this is how the world works, he says that. Have you heard of TikTok? And then 20 minutes later, I go to my phone and there's a. Uh, an, an ad, ad for TikTok, for TikTok. Yeah. and I'm totally freaked out because it was I don't know it was weird to me I didn't like it. We had that happen with uh, with enchilada sauce. I had an ad for enchilada sauce. What? Show up. I mean that's perfect. Just talked about. <laughs> well, yeah, it fit me perfectly, and I bought plenty of it. But <laughs> they it was just like we were talking about it, and then it showed up for no reason. Like it's one of those where it's like they're listening but it's weird i've been having a bunch of ads show up for premature ejaculation and i'm <laughs> yeah. not sure what the deal you is. haven't been talking about that i mean before. i've been googling a lot about it i just like to be knowledgeable <laughs> i like i like to pretend i know stuff more than i like to know stuff yeah. i mean i like knowing stuff but that's never done anything for me just like knowing headlines no, just okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, knowing I'm stuff is talker. kind of overrated I'm just over it. It doesn't do anything. I mean, it's useful occasionally, but not as useful as making pretend like you know things. Like Unless you're building rockets or like I'm not gonna do that with my life. Yeah, or building like medical robots that can like peel cancer away from people. <laughs> That's how we're doing it in the future, kids. Get yeah. to the get to the like a banana. Orange. You're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get peeled today, Mrs. Johnson. But don't worry, your skin cancer will be gone forever. You're gonna get peeled also by LN four seven. <laughs> Uh, but knowing anything other than knowing anything other than like math and science and really knowing and history it, and economics actually it is useful to know things. What am I even talking yeah. about? No, I just but being like, a dick right now. <laughs> just being a dick. <laughs> just I wish I knew things. I wish I, knew, I wish I knew more things that could make me rich. 
Oh God. That's what I'm looking for. Cause there's a very specific type of intelligence that uh, you get to be powerful and rich is the easiest for poor people. Is if it knowledge can... or is it just asserting your dominance and being an asshole that well, gets you rich? Generalized intelligence is a lie, but if you're really good at something specific, say economics, and you lived on a shit farm as a serf several hundred years ago, well, fuck you. You die in the shit now. Right. Like, yeah. you, your ability <laughs> you to no. turn coin into more coin is not going to be recognized if you're a serf. Here, there's a small chance that could happen. Not a great one, but it can be maximized, and there can be advantages and disadvantages you have. But you could technically, in theory, climb up the economic ladder in a system we have with a certain skill sets. Well, I would actually say... Me not knowing anything about anything. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, but, that's the byline of your but podcast. Just not knowing based anything. On, based on what I've of what I've observed, I think like success and getting rich. There's two types, mm-hmm. right? There's the the person that people just like having around, so mm-hmm. they're gonna just keep moving forward. Or there's uh, by that I also mean like the person who's just like. Uh, Maybe not so much like having around, but like the person who can assert, like you said, assert their dominance. Yeah. And then there's the person that actually knows stuff, and that's the other successful person. Yeah, he's right underneath the the guy who was an asshole. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. I think most you just mostly just have to be a dick to everybody to yeah. become successful. Mm-hmm. So fuck all you. Guys. <laughs> Wait, are you rich? Oh my God. I am now. Okay. I I have a question. This is this I is have kind answer. of related. Just I, I hope that you do because I'm really confused. So. I had a conversation, this is really random. I had a conversation with a coworker of mine earlier mm-hmm. who is very rich. He's a very good guy. Yeah. And um, he was telling me that, uh, so his daughter is in middle school. She runs track. They came, she came home with her new track uniform and he said they were just ratty and terrible and gross. And so there was a, a sheet of, like a form that came home with each of the kids that said, hey, we're looking for donations so that we can buy new uniforms. And he called the school and was like, how much is it to buy the new uniforms? $5,000. I'm just going to cover it because so, I so want to make sure. balling on people. Which, That's... you know, could be taken as like, oh, he look at you go. Yeah. <laughs> but he also was like, I don't want anyone to know about it. Like, don't put my name out there. Don't tell people. But he told I... you about it. Okay, well, so he's like, <laughs> he, he did, but, to... you know, yeah. So, so he's telling me that today and he's like, I didn't tell my daughter. I didn't tell, like, I didn't want the school to tell anyone. And then his daughter came home. She had her uniform. It was too small. He said, you need to go back and get a bigger size. She's like, there's, they don't have bigger sizes. And he's like, well, I know that they do because (laughs) I bought them. And this was after a while of arguing. And he said that she got so mad and was so embarrassed. She's mad at him for buying yeah she's like you are the worst she didn't know she was like you are the worst i hate you why would you do this to me this is so embarrassing Mm. my question is why is that embarrassing i told him that i would have been like my dad did this yeah right (laughs) i own you and i own your outfits it's only embarrassing for like a middle like a child but growing up when that person hits like 25 years old they're gonna look back on that and be like Oh fuck! My dad was awesome. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, 100%. But but why right now is she embarrassed? Like, what is going through her head that she's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want my friends to know about she, this because any attention, a, any that's attention that's not that could be like, because um, her friends are in the same spot she is where they mm-hmm. just want to shit on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Well. So like, their dad. Daddy's buying girl. Your, yeah, daddy's girl. Like, oh, your dad's rich. Good for you. Like, 
Uh, okay. Yeah. I think because You've I just never experienced that. Yeah. I was telling him, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, my, my family wasn't in the same, you know, in that same situation as far as financially. And so I can only imagine that if that was me, I would have been like, wow, dad, <laughs> you, you're cool. That's yeah. But you probably cool. wouldn't want to, you wouldn't like go around to your friends. I imagine and be like, no. my dad bought jerseys for <laughs> all of you motherfuckers. No. And I, I, I don't think that I would, but in my head, I'm like, I would. you're so, <laughs> I just know what a I terrible person to. I used to be. That's all. Yeah. I would be thinking it. But I mean, I wouldn't do like, it for evil reasons. I do it because it would make me happy. Like, I'm just mischievous. Like, I'm not mean. Yeah, you're <laughs> like right. Loki. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just having a good time. I'm just out here playing. I imagine <laughs> that having money would make me, like, having that kind of money would make me feel good. And so, I don't, I don't know. I just was like, huh, why is she embarrassed? What is she, what is she, I mean, it's good. It's good that she's not going around and, hey, Well, you know, actually, that's, that might actually speak to the way he's raising his kids as well too because yeah. they don't want to they might not want to seem gauche or they might not want to seem gauche. yeah <laughs> i've never heard that word <laughs> they might not want to seem like you know like stuck up or something like that she so that might actually speak uh like highly of the way her parents are raising her because True. if you have money and you like because like you know the rich kids like that you went to school with and you're just like oh yeah they're a rich kid their yeah. dad bought them a fucking mustang gt when they were 15 years old yeah and they're oh, just yeah. like doing donuts in the parking lot <laughs> like, fresh out of driver's ed yeah like you, yeah. people know those kids so like yeah. if you don't want to be that kid that's i think that speaks volumes oh yeah you. we yeah. i mean we i immediately respect her we oh. were those punk versions of those kids oh yeah we had sure. like nice instruments and played in a bad punk rock band and pretend like dressed like we were homeless but uh, yeah had <laughs> multiple homes wish yeah. you were homeless <laughs> yeah, made you way cooler if you were homeless yeah, yeah way cooler yeah Popping trains. Um, <laughs> yeah i don't know i think being i i feel like people are just embarrassed about stuff and then as you get older you just stop less and less you become embarrassed about things yeah, yeah. i just don't have shame i've been naked on stage like twice Fully nude? Well, I will be on uh, this show that I'm getting booked in Portland. Did you see how I did that? That was so great. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Let's talk more about Let's me talk about naked. Yeah, that yeah, was like, actually <laughs> scary. I think like we should just end the show right there. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, this actually goes back to a conversation we were having earlier. Like, I got booked out of Seattle on this show called Striptease in Portland. And it's part of the Portland queer comedy scene. And what it is is you go up and you start your set. And then they play a song through part of it and you take off clothing. And then by the end, you're new to your comfort level after having done several strip teases. Um. Okay, so I've seen this and it's brilliant. Because you know how like stand up makes you vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Being naked makes you vulnerable? Watching performers in a state of both is real pleasure. So, yeah. So, going back, yeah. So, anyway. Because everybody's jerking off? <laughs> well, no. It actually has. But there is a certain appeal. And this goes back to what I was saying about what you can't get on streaming culture. I can't watch a YouTube video of someone getting naked on stage and experiencing their vulnerability as they try to tell their traditional jokes while being naked. Like, it's just weird. Like, I've got jokes about my body. That's going to be real weird when I'd be like, look. Like, <laughs> here is the Exhibit proof. A. Yeah, like, and just simple one-liners. Like, when I have sex, it looks like a strobe light. You know, making fun of, like, how the color of my skin and stuff like that. Like, just a bunch of ridiculous stuff. 
What is it reflecting like, off yeah, of? Yeah, any ambient light. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> At what point do you become a prop comic? Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my body is my prop. Yeah. My temple and my prop. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with prop comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's this weird sense that the comedi- comedians have of this. And this goes even back to the gatekeeping of the nerds, is this idea of what a pure form of something is. But if you consider the amount of joy that someone like Carrot Top has brought into the world, who the fuck are you to say he's doing something wrong? Yeah. Like, it's just so ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, no. granted, yeah, like we might agree that he looks a little silly now because he's literally made out of protein shake, but that's just a thing you can do. Regular guys do that shit all the time. We just grief in him because he's rich. I feel like <laughs> so many people are adverse to saying, that's not for me. Yeah, it's just whatever. And I'm also not going to pretend I never lied or I've never done prop comedy. But I've done it, it's fun. People fucking like to laugh at weird shit. I mean, I, I don't, I actually don't think I am industrious enough to be a prop comic i brought a knife on stage once during a halloween show and threatened to kill the uh, volunteer i brought on stage i did a guitar bit once where i pretend to play the guitar through constantly throughout the bit and then never did and at the very end the punchline for the open mic set was i don't know how to play the guitar like because i was making fun of the guitar comics we had at the time oh but like but yeah but i mean like (laughs) it's still a prop like and i just tried things i I mean what are mics for like yes I feel like it doesn't hurt I anything. guess the only prop comic I know is Carrot Top. Yeah. And so I'm basing my knowledge of prop comedy on Carrot Top. <laughs> if there isn't a watermelon that explodes on oh, me, like, I'm yeah, not yeah, sure. Like her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, How am I supposed whatever. to laugh? I don't know if I've ever seen uh, Carrot Top's comedy. I don't think I've seen him perform. I don't it's, know what character. It's top rapid does. fire. Should we should <laughs> we bring it up right wait, now? Wait, wait. He's from Carrot Top is the snowboarder, right? right no, so it, that's prop comedy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he brings a snowboard on. He does. He, he does comedy actually while he's doing a slalom run. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so a guy walks into a bar. He has okay. a story where he showed up once in his suitcase full of props didn't. Like I can't imagine a scarier thing than for your act not to be there with you. Like that would just be weird. It's like okay, so everything I do doesn't work. That's great. So I and you got to get paid. Like when you do not do comedy, like that'd be so stressful. What did he do? I don't remember the story, other than those <laughs> elements. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, he's dead now. Yeah, he's dead now. Carrot <laughs> Top is dead in our hearts. I don't care. I just want everyone to make it. I know that's not possible, but I'm just at this space now mentally where I'm like, okay. I mean, like even people I don't like. A phrase I read today is just because we're not friends doesn't mean you're my enemy. Like just because I don't want to eat with you doesn't mean I don't want you to get fed. Like just right. go oh, far away from me, do your shit over there, and it's fine. Yeah, like I don't care. There's Let plenty of room. Let everyone do what they want. Yeah, as right. Long as it doesn't. Yes, yeah, it's not hurting else. people. Yeah. I'm an opinionated fucker still, but like if you're not damaging anyone, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, wishing I mean, ill will on another person is, is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's also what I was gonna that, say. Also <laughs> that we're, we're being adults in this conversation. <laughs> After our two shots of tequila. Oh yeah, I'm real Lucy. I'm gonna have to Lucy do shots wa- before I start every single one every of these episodes yeah. from now on. You have to on. be consistent. Yeah, exactly. You don't <laughs> want to be a different person. Oh man, that's that's there it is. Wow, <laughs> polish it off. That, yeah. <laughs> so wait, was that really what you were going to say? <laughs> that it's fun or like no, 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 fi- okay, no, finish no. finish your oh yes. Uh, no, I think it's like I think ishi- wishing ill will on another person regardless of what they're doing, like unless they're like. Uh, genocidal piece of shit you know like but I think it's like the dumbest thing that you can do <laughs> it <laughs> just <laughs> there's no reason to it yeah there's no reason like why would you want somebody else to have a bad time because they're wearing a MAGA hat or something like the thing is, is I wouldn't kick someone down the stairs for wearing a MAGA hat but I think it would be fun to like flip their hat off and see what they do about it like 
It's because well, that's that's a message you're sending into the world intentionally. And if you think about it, with physics, it's impossible for you to see something without touching it because that's light literally bouncing off that effect and bouncing into your brain. What would you do if a guy came up to you and flipped your skirt up? Well, let's see what happens. Those are <laughs> yeah. those are things that <laughs> we make. Like. But the thing is, is the prettier I'm dressed, and as opposed to I made, the more knives I have on my body, and I'm always ready to poke a motherfucker in the neck. <laughs> like, but the thing is, but that's the thing. You're you're inviting that. This guy's yeah. probably got a gun. That's well, fine too. Well, but the thing is, is I have great instincts, and I wouldn't do it to anyone who could beat me up. <laughs> like the difference in this conversation. Some little kid, some yeah. little kid is dead. Do an ocular pat get, down. Yeah. And like, generally, if someone has a gun, they want you to know, and so they've got it. Like, yeah. But hey. at the very, but at the very core of what you're saying, the difference. Is, is when you're making the statement, MAGA, you're actually making something that's a little bit racist, very classist. Well, that's actually that's what I was going to say. Making. It's like when I have an anti-Nazi button on the vest I wore today, and I just wear that in public. So right. it's an anti-Nazi statement, which, A, we should all be anti-Nazi, and B, if that offends you, then you can get fucked. Right. But if I'm wearing a skirt and that offends you, you can get fucked. Right. Because I'm not doing anything to you. Whereas if I have a statement on my shirt, even if I wear something on my shirt that says all cops are bastards, which they are, I am still <laughs> saying something about cops, not about, you know, I mean, like, because you voluntarily signed up to reinforce a system of rules and laws that uh, – that I do horrible things to marginalize. You're saying people. anyone who doesn't support this specific right. cause is is is, is fine. That, like, that's yeah. all, wearing that hat is already wishing ill will on yeah. people. Just because yeah, we know what, what that is, and like just because you disagree that it's not hurting anyone, we all know it does. Like it's just one of those things. Like when people try to act like the alt right isn't a fascist like movement, like it's not anything that we shouldn't be like. So if you're out there espousing, like I saw a guy with the. Uh, the SS lightning bolts on his jacket in the market last year, and I followed him 10 paces behind him just to make sure I could record anything that he did because that was the best option that I had on the table. Right. But I 100% guarantee that if I had my sparkly bat that says queers bash back and he acted <laughs> up and I could hit him in the back of the head, I would consider it an option if I thought I could get away with it. It would be a real option because he's espousing a violent philosophy that does violence to people and I'm in a position to stop him from doing that. Well, there's a, there's a, for sure a difference between wishing ill will on people for thinking differently than you yeah and they're and somebody oh, I mean, hate those people <laughs> yeah <laughs> somebody aggressively yeah. coming after a group of people or a specific well, it's person nuanced. it's very nuanced yeah it is very nuanced but i but yeah fuck nazis though yeah oh for sure. <laughs> yeah right for yeah. sure but at the same time like i don't want people to lose their families you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even like a Nazi, I don't want to be like, I hope your family dies. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? But I will say something like that to a Nazi because at the end of the day, hurting him means more to me than caring about. Because this <laughs> the whole the civility argument we got into in 2016, what we were we were all anti body shaming. We were all trying to be good to each other, and we still kind of are. And then Trump showed up, and he's so vile to so many people that we actually got looser on the rules when it came to him, even though it does damage to other people. I don't personally like to make fun of his body because anything you say about him can be (laughs) – But anything you say about him can be said about somebody else that you're not trying to hurt. For sure. I fully support that. Yeah. But I understand – Grinds my gears. Right. But I understand, however, if you're like a trans woman of color that you hate him so much that – that's just what comes out of your body. Okay, great, fine. Actually, I understand. That's, like, yeah, that that's totally fair. I'm yeah, coming like, from a place of yeah, uh, we're, we're, privilege. We're, yeah, like, it's like the yeah. most privilege ever. So yeah, it's fine. I mean, like, yeah, there's people out there that if you know if they're from like a marginalized community and they're yeah. wishing ill will on people with <laughs> MAGA hats, please do. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. I'm not going to tell you choice. not to do that. Yeah, and even <laughs> I can. And I had this conversation with an older gay man, like. 
uh, some of it's performative because if you gave me an hour and we actually had to go through alt-right country in the woods, I could be as straight passing as anybody. I could find flannel. I could do, you know, I could be as straight as anybody else. I have that privilege because I have straight passing access. Now, I do things like I paint my fingernails. Like, they're right now, they're the trans flag colors. Like, where uh, it could, but I could take that off. Like, some people don't have access to that. So, right. like, there's marginalized groups, and then there's marginalized groups. Yeah. Like, you're if you're a black woman, you're a black woman. Like, right. that's not a thing you can pretend to not be. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's just, it is interesting. At least... At least you guys get it. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I'm on this we don't. <laughs> yeah. But you're trying. I, we have to be very uh, cognizant of the persistent growth everyone has to experience to get to where they're going for. Uh, being, I hate the phrase woke, but wokeness is a compass direction, not like a location. Like it's always us trying to do better than we did before and then correcting. Like I'm still it's ableist. Like it's yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm still ableist in my language. I still use words like stupid and moron and I should not. It's just my last holdout. And the next generation of people is going to look at me the way that I look at people who still drop like racial words mm -hmm. because it's just going to be so weird in the air when I say like, what a moron. We're like, oh shit. Like you can't say that anymore. Right. right, and then and then if I'm not careful, I'll be the guy that's like, "What's wrong with moron?" It's like, <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. grandpa. Kids these days, <laughs> right, so yeah, yeah. sensitive. I mean, it's just the attitude of not right. wanting to keep up when it's like, yeah, just adapt. I feel like I am um, fortunate in that I got through that. The you know, like, what's wrong with this word? Yeah. In like my twenties, mm -hmm. like my early twenties, and because now I'm just like, if anybody is like. Oh yeah, you shouldn't say that. I'm just like, all right. All right cool. <laughs> There's <laughs> millions of other words that I could say. I'll then say you another to, thing. If you have one <laughs> reason that I shouldn't say that, like, yep, all right. I trust <laughs> just a valid <laughs> reason. That's, yeah, a, yeah. yeah I do not a, care. Like, whatever yeah. it is, if you have, yeah, if you're just like, hey, you shouldn't say that. That's like really shitty to this group of people or this person or whatever. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'll try not say there. that. Here's a racial word we're not allowed to say anymore. You're not allowed to say Eskimo anymore. Oh yeah, and yeah, right. people. and like people, and like yeah. Well, it's I mean the yeah, Inuit, like right? yeah, it, it oh, literally yeah. it's Inuit. it's a uh, it's a disparaging word against the kind of meal, the kind of food that they eat. That was actually done by white people, and they showed up and they just renamed everybody this thing, and then we use it as a casual form, but it's really a racist word. And like it's I actually like had it as it's a Indian, punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the punchlines of my jokes for like eight years, and then one day somebody told me, and I was like, all right, quit. And now I don't. If I even do that line, I use like Inuit or something like that, but it doesn't have the same effect because of the consonant sound. So I just don't say it anymore. Yeah. What, yeah. Does, your, yeah, what like, does your brother say? I mean, he taught up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, he usually says. So they usually do the tribe names if they know what they yes. are. Yeah, yeah. They usually just do the tribe names. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not even just like. Yeah, it's like Navajo Cherokee. It's yeah. Like, yeah. There's specific groups of people. We can't just, just be yeah. like, the yeah. loose are over there. Like, <laughs> and it's such a huge like area. Oh, yeah, just yeah, enormous. Just like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're not even close to each other. And they have different languages and, and they, some of yeah. them hate each other like it's like every other group of people. Yeah. <laughs> like, There's yeah. like one racist word all of those people. <laughs> yeah, but you know how we treat indigenous people. That's not really... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not our strong point. Hey, not anyone's yeah. strong point. <laughs> well, it is our strong like, point, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> We're good at genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing stuff Yeah, up. that's our claim to fame. You, you might know us from... <laughs> from genocide. <laughs> you might know us from, from the tears? Trail of Tears. Yeah. <laughs> tears. <laughs> from the War of... All. All of them. All of, all of, them. All of the battles. Of the world. <laughs> War of the worlds. Great movie. Right? Was that yeah. a movie? Yeah, okay. Was, was it a great movie? I don't know what it was. No, it's not. You wouldn't like it. Who was in it? The first Tom Cruise. Oh, no, the, oh, oh, the yes, first one. I saw one's that movie. People oh, yeah. just got turned to dust and stuff, lasers out. So. I had a crush on the boy. 
Oh, the oh, one that oh, should have oh. been dead. Oh, <laughs> you know, I hated that. Can't that he picture was still him alive. now, but I know I was like, let's watch War of the Worlds again. <laughs> I really, I really hated oh that that, that the character lived. Tonight. I really hated that that character lived. The 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 boy. Yeah. Okay. My so boyfriend? he goes he goes over <laughs> the thing to fight the aliens right before there's this unbelievably massive explosion. Oh so yeah. So yeah, he's right. not even in a vehicle. There's nothing, and then he's just alive at the end of the movie. Like you ran toward an alien <laughs> robot spaceship <laughs> that blew up or whatever, and then here we you know are. That was dangerous, in but Boston. we need you here right yeah. before the credits. So. Just a dumb emotional. I think it would have been a better emotional note if he had died and everyone else had lived. Because uh, it goes back to what you're saying. Why does everyone live? That's uh, my mom used to drive me crazy when we would go to see movies when I was like a kid and a teenager because mm-hmm. her number one critique of every single movie is that it would have been better if blank died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about this movie where you should have died. Most of them, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I guess that's where I got it from. But like, we would like. Whatever, mo- if somebody came close to death in a movie, she'd be like, "I think they should have actually died." Oh, <laughs> in real life, yeah, I remember, really like, commit. Yeah, well, some characters just don't belong anymore. Like, uh, jump, jump all the way to this, but Bran has very few narrative reasons to be alive uh, in the next two after the next two episodes of Game of Thrones. He's already done all the prophesying. If he stays around any longer, then he can actually make the plot less powerful because he can see what's happening. Well, Plus, he's in a wheelchair, and everyone in a wheelchair dies in a zombie movie. <laughs> that is true. So we know yeah. Bran dies when the, when they get attacked by the White but Walkers in the next two episodes. He wargs into a dragon, or and he gets stuck there, into the, which is fine, but how do you do that from a television show? You just can't keep him in a raven's head. Like, because then you'd have to have narrative, and that's, that's like, like the movie the books, Dune. Right? Like yeah, but you don't do that. So Bran has to die in the next couple episodes, and if he doesn't die, he should have died. Like, why is Bran still here? What he's done this everything he needs to do. Yeah, this, like okay. Abby, this so is I will put it into. Never seen it. I have not watched much of it. Yeah, either, it's fine. So, but I do know what you are saying. Yeah, <laughs> but but he tells he knows the future. But so okay. you can't have that character Here, live. Here's one that's like a real sticking point. Yeah. Uh, we on my birthday uh, a number of years back, we went and saw the movie Gravity, mm-hmm. and that whole movie is about her overcoming obstacles and accepting that life is worth living. And that's why when she steps up onto that beach at the end of the movie, everybody's just like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> just like getting up and cheering. Oh, right. And my mom was like, yeah, I think she should have died. <laughs> yeah, your mom's wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely wrong. Exactly. Like that whole movie is about her like dealing with the loss of her child and accepting that life is worth fighting for. And then so when she steps onto that beach after going through all of this all of these obstacles just like like the most life-threatening that it could be and she steps onto that beach and she walks towards the future it's like woo! (laughs) i i really wish she like stood up and then she was like yeah and then space debris (laughs) space debris all over can you imagine a studio having the balls oh my god just ride the whole thing out put it in the movie make it a post-credit scene yeah Yeah. (laughs) like right after everyone's like happy just like then she just dies a screw a screw from the space station just like (laughs) through her head Just a hole through her chest, and then you can watch not her even die. Like, it's not <laughs> or just like something completely anything. unrelated, like she gets there and then she like has a heart attack, or she has a stroke, <laughs> or you know something like some, oh, some Kubrick shit. Almost yeah. made it. And I will say that my mom loves The Departed. No, okay, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> what about uh, what about um, The Mist? 
That one's oh. got a nice. Ooh, that is the most brutal, brutal movie death. ending yeah. ever. I don't think she's ever seen it. Um, that one it went in without loop. That's I think that's the problem with that movie. Because like, I actually don't mind people <laughs> dying, but the way they did the ending of that movie, where they made you watch him look everyone in the face, and then at the way they did the end. Okay, spoilers for a movie that was out one million years ago. <laughs> yeah, the protagonist kills oh, everybody. I was and just then... gonna watch the mist. <laughs> yeah, the protagonist has to kill his own kid and everyone he's with with the the gun in his hand because he thinks they're about to be killed by evil monsters to spare them. To spare them from being killed by evil monsters in the in the mist and it turns out it's the military come to save the day so he murders everyone that's with him right at the end of the movie and then he's like freedom finally freedom yeah and then literally he's sitting there emotionally like why like somebody walks by with a flamethrower and it's like <laughs> yeah God damn it, if he waited like literally seven more seconds to kill everyone, he'd have been fine. I think that is actually like one of the most haunting endings it's, to a movie I've oh, ever yeah. seen. I never stopped thinking Soul about pressure. it, but like it, it was it was just brutal. It was just a too brutal. Abby, Abby, your face right now. <laughs> I've never seen it and I'm haunted currently. <laughs> it's, I'm so sad. It's a pretty good Stephen King sh short story. It actually uh in the in the in the actual short short story, it follows just a couple in Maine and a fog rolls in across from the military thing and it just is hiding all these Cthulian horrors like that snag like people out and there's tentacles monsters, tentacle, and, and tentacle he ends monsters, up in a uh, just in a grocery store in a small town with the people who would be there as the monsters are out. People leave and then get killed, and eventually they escape, and then you follow them, and then they go out, and the end of the short story is they wrote all this out so that another survivor can find it, and it's just left on the side of the road. Huh. So you reading the story just don't know what happens other than that, well, we're just traveling through the wasteland for the rest of our lives, and we've <laughs> yeah. never seen anyone, and the radio doesn't work. But in the but in the actual movie, because they needed an ending, right. yeah. uh, they're like, hey, what if we just have this hero shoot everyone in the face? <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, that seems like a good way to wrap it up. Here. Yeah, just but... Here. but what if everyone dies <laughs> except the protagonist who has to live with the burden yeah, and then there's a worse. sequel yeah, yeah there is a sequel <laughs> He's just him himself. going to therapy <laughs> yeah reliving the moment the monsters forever. just being like man that was brutal yeah I'm so sorry <laughs> just petting his head with their tentacles doctor monster so, <laughs> hey seriously sorry about that <laughs> I don't know man sorry, really man. really sad to hear about your family <laughs> <laughs> we thought you guys were food <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Turns out you're delicious. I'm now, so sorry. Is there a movie called The Fog? Yes. Okay. And so I've seen rules. that. Yeah. That movie's but awesome. But I haven't seen The Mist. Different yeah. movies. Okay. Good to know. Both the Fog, the Mist, you know, the similar. I think there's a show called The Rain <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> the Spritz. The Spritz. <laughs> the, the Drizzle. The Drizzle. <laughs> well, it's funny is The Mist should be called The Fog. Yeah. Because I feel like Mist is just like a little like. You have not seen beautiful, beautiful Mist on the Someone with of... just like a spray bottle the whole time. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. another spray bottle. Ah! <laughs> Everybody oh. run from the mist. <laughs> <laughs> They've got like a chair for the spray bottle. It's labeled. So, no. That movie Big rules. Celebrity. I do like that movie. I, that a is lot. a good movie. Yeah. I like it. Um, you, mist is thick sometimes, bud. But what, so what's the difference between mist and fog? Degrees, temperatures, the, the humidity. I have no idea. I would idea. feel like, like fog is thicker. That's what I I'm mean, saying. I mean, there's more of it. And so like mist is just on its way. Mist really wants to be fog when it grows <laughs> up. <laughs> and one day it could be mist fog. Will, will be fog, but, but not today. 
Is not it? not today the, in the mist not movie. Today. And then and then the fog is, is the the sequel. It's yeah. the mist grown up. Oh, the older brother. It, it's like a Pokemon and it evolves. It evolves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did. I had no idea that when I started this today that I would be talking about the difference between mist and fog. Okay, wait. Where, where did you start to where we are now? Can you recap everything that we've talked about? Everything. Yes. Including I'm gonna have to have. I'm gonna have to bring somebody on board to be like a note taker, mm. <laughs> and just in, when somebody comes in, I can just be like, here, just read this post-it note really quick, and just just you to can, get you caught up. Yeah. You yeah. could be putting it over there. Which oh. I'm really well, actually. You know what? Keep what's on there because that's perfect. She's pointing at a whiteboard. <laughs> There's a whiteboard, and I wrote on it. Actually, my dog wrote it. it says, and then it says hi to Brett's children, which I don't know if the names are allowed to be said on here, but they're allowed. I don't. I don't. I I have no problem with that. <laughs> okay, then I'm gonna go ahead and read it. Okay. Hi Finn. Hi Hadley. Oh, you're gonna read that part. I don't oh. want that part. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then a drawing by Finn that looks like an anthill, maybe, or some kind of, it kind of looks like the monsters in the mist. I don't know. Oh, (laughs) It looks a little stranger thing. Bringing it back around. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, maybe we will have to have somebody come on board and just be like the note taker just to like debrief people before they come in. If this ever, if this thing ever becomes a thing where people actually come to it. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know. You could just, at the end of the podcast, you could take a picture of it and then put that as your blurb of what you might hear on today's podcast. Oh, and then that's people a great will idea. be like, wow, where did, why did you go from here to there? Oh, uh, man, I'm going to have to get some some ding-dong uh, college student to come and be our intern here so I can just make him be the note taker. <laughs> I thought you were going to say some ding-dongs and I was going to say yes, please, because I love those. Uh, I have some star crunches in my car. Do you know what star crunches are? No. You, I think you do. You might no. not know what they're called. They're the ones that are kind of like um, like Rice Krispies and then they're like, they have like some caramel in there oh, and no. then they are covered in chocolate and they're kind of like cookies. I, hmm. I, okay. <laughs> Segway. I want to talk about cookies. <laughs> oh man, I could talk about cookies all day What's long. What's your favorite cookie? Oh, she's <laughs> you're getting like upright in your seat. <laughs> I've never seen Abby more excited to talk about anything. You guys need to listen to women more often. <laughs> yeah, we have really important oh, things no. to say. Me and Abby have cookie talks. Yeah, like, okay. Go. Oh, like you're a good partner. You're yeah, good partner. we talk cookies all the time. I support yeah. you. When she doesn't want a cookie, I basically force her to. I just like come home with cookies. I'm like, are we still I'm talking sorry. about cookies? <laughs> <laughs> this well, could, you know what? Actually, on my way here today, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I can what I can bring to the table. And then I would literally was like, I can bring cookies, not literally, but I can talk about cookies, and I want to. So there are two, <laughs> well, maybe more, but two that I know of cookie delivery uh, places delivery right? places here oh. in boise whoa Co- uh, you haven't okay i did not know about this crumble cookie whoa and chip cookies okay and i knew of chip cookies first and i ate there and you can order cookies from them up until two o'clock in the morning what like yes yeah Whoa! Yeah. Not bringing them to Weekends have face. never been the same since. Yeah. Um, if either of you want to sponsor an eavesdrop podcast, Chips please. Oh. Genuine do. Wrestle Boys. Genuine Wrestle Boys has literally made an episode titled "Chip Cookies Sponsor Tape." <laughs> they, they want Chip. They want Chip bad. You hear that, Chip? Yeah. Come on. We're talking to you. Um, but it's not. It's not a local thing. I mean, it 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 didn't start here. It's Northwest, right? 
I think it started in maybe Salt Lake, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, but these cookies are, they ain't no bitch. (laughs) These aren't bitch cookies. They are big ass cookies. They uh, are thick. My ex-girlfriend ordered some for the last Whiskey Ginger Show and ate them in the back room while sitting on the floor. One of the reasons we broke up, by the way. Because of the cookies. <laughs> so he's like, oh, so you're talking about like a chip. child eating cookies. <laughs> well, I'm doing a thing over don't here. Don't say chip. I'm sensitive. Okay. I don't want to talk uh, about it. The, okay, so here's my take. Yeah. Uh, chip cookies, wet, big, disgusting. I don't like them. Not cooked <laughs> Quit <enough>. talking about <laughs> me. <laughs> well, that's a cell phone. <laughs> I made a joke. But um, continue. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chip cookies, not that great. They only have two flavors. Here's a drawback. They only have two flavors a month. So you get chocolate chip all the time and then some other stupid chocolate thing. They never do they never do like a, a fruit based cookie. Well, like you're not gonna get a sponsorship now. Well I still love chip cookies. Yeah, no, the, everyone else loves them. I don't know. For some reason I don't like cookies. Here's the thing. I don't really like cookies that Who much. Who are you? I am mm-hmm. a guy with a lot of cavities. But I love Oh, okay. I love okay. like cavities. Koji's a gummy guy. I'm yeah. a gummy guy. I'm sour, a gummy boy. I'm a summer gummy. Summer sour gummy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sour I'm a, I am I want to change my name to Trolley. <laughs> <laughs> Trolley Trill. Trollgy. I I like pretty much any junk food that is available. Oh, yeah. I like How are you skinny? I I don't it's I don't know. Uh, I love cookies. I love ice cream. I love popsicles. I love all gummies. Good all good choices. Candy bars. I have like rankings of all of these things too. I, I like Cold Stone. Yeah. I mean, I have issues with the whole Theory? dynamic there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Cold Stone's not my favorite place to go. Sure. But you go in and you say, you don't talk to me. You don't <laughs> sing to me. What do you you make me an ice cream that I want. Yes. I, uh, I'm recording a podcast. What's up? Hello? Oh, No, it's me. I'm on a podcast. I already talked to uh, uh, the office. What's up? Oh, just, oh, I didn't know if you had time to talk for a minute. She didn't have you marked off. Are you off this? I sent her, I, this is, this is the, the, we did this at the beginning of the episode. Uh, no, I sent her an email and we had a conversation about it yesterday. I sent it last week. I'm off Wednesday and Saturday this week and all of next week. So my last actual shift is uh, this Friday. Okay, so Wednesday, you're off Wednesday all right. and... Okay, anyway, I'm going to let him do this over here while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. This is riveting. Yeah, this is, this is really good. Yeah, all right. I will, I'll get in contact with you after the episode. Thank you. Okay. All right. I'll let you know if you're doing a podcast. So um, that's all I need to know. So you're on tomorrow night and Friday It's actually night, very yeah. clear. Actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank okay. you so much, Steve. What's that? Have a wonderful night. Okay, you too. Thanks, all right. Mikey. Bye. All right, that was the second caller you guys have ever had. You're you're so lucky that you're already quitting. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm so bad when I have short timers. Uh, just so you guys know, being a cab driver sucks total balls, and you shouldn't respect anyone who owns a cab company. Oh, is, okay. so is that what you do? Well, I I actually quit jobs like every six months. Okay. Uh, also, I'm nice. looking for new work in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but why don't you do Uber? 
or anything like that. Okay, uh, the breakdown is this. The market's oversaturated. There's too many markets on the world. The app-sharing devices have passed all of the cost of operating their company onto the individual drivers. So the equity in your car is lost. You lose tax money, and you're responsible. So if someone sideswipes you or you get in a car accident, you're out of work and you're out of a car. They have no responsibility to any of it. Uh, Uber also does all of their background checks through a third-party app, which means if anyone gets assaulted, they have plausible deniability. Uh, cab drivers also have apps or cab companies now, but we are also independent contractors. So the difference being is I pay a lease fee. So on like a Saturday night, I pay $85 to drive from four in the afternoon to three in the morning. And that doesn't count fuel, which I also buy. So I spend 115 to $120 just to drive the cab. Now the, uh, make? well, it depends. So it's been slow. They promised me it would pick up at the beginning of March and it didn't. So uh, it's been slow. So I picked up this other gig doing something else, and I've been kind of like weeding off these shifts because they've been really terrible. Because at the end of the night, on my eight-hour shifts, on Wednesday and Saturday, I drive for eight hours, 4 a.m. to midnight. I make an average of 25 to $30 at the end of the night. And all— four, Did you say 4 a.m. to midnight? Yeah. No, 4 p.m. to midnight. Okay. So I work, <laughs> like, I work my, from 4 to midnight. My math is off. <laughs> so I work from 4 to midnight, and uh, at the end of the day, if we don't Hi. have any cell— Hey, how's it going? Hey. I got a hug. My my wife Ashley is here. My wife. For the last Mary. 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> last 15 minutes of the show. Yeah. So it's just terrible. Uh, it's just the gig economy is getting rid of all of the things that we did with the labor movement. Like the very expectation is that I work 12 hour shifts, five to six days a week to make a livable wage because you used to be able to make a lot of money. But now they've got it. The way they've got it constructed is if you only work an eight hour shift and mind you, eight hours with no breaks driving solid so there's even a safety issue we're talking about driving for 12 hours staying focused on the road without any planned time to get up off your legs like mm -hmm. you can call in but if it's busy they just keep feeding you rides you don't really have any autonomy right. there so they manage the app and it's nice but the reason i do it is i don't have a new car i don't want to buy a new car just so that i can waste like i can drive easily 250 miles in a day and you don't want to put that on your car every day like you just don't, it's not good. So the, the way that the system is now is they're taking advantage of the people who are desperate for the extra job and the cab companies themselves are just doing a puppy mill thing where they hire a bunch of new people who then quit because they're not making any money and then they hire somebody new. Mm -hmm. Because it used to be worth it. You could easily make $300 in a 12 hour shift on a good night and that compensated. Right. But the good nights are mostly gone. Like so Thursdays and Fridays I can still make $100 but that's 100 plus dollars in 11 hours of driving and I still have to drive all the way out to drop off my cab and refuel it. So I'm out there dealing with my car thing for 12 to 13 hours, which wow. you should be getting paid at least $100 to be anywhere yeah, for that long. But these guys do. That. You can use that mic if you want. Um, you know, you do delivery, grocery delivery and stuff. Like All these are very, very uh, low profit margins. I don't so know, you make yeah. pretty good money, right? Off your... Yeah, Ashley and I have yeah. both done like grocery delivery service. Yeah, stuff, and I might and switch to that good. in Seattle. I like, was actually going to recommend that when you go to Seattle, you should because yeah, when over. I did uh, Instacart in Denver, it was very lucrative. Yeah, that's and that's when I might switch. I mean, I'm still looking. And you don't have like to. Have, I have a 1999 Toyota Camry. Like, yeah, don't I don't care. have a nice car. Yeah, so. they don't care. <laughs> yeah, so I I did this because I knew the manager, my friend Heather. Gotcha. And she had uh yeah, so yeah, and it was just a thing. What about, uh, I mean, can I make money on my with my 10 mile per gallon uh, van? Do you think I'll? <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs> <laughs> I've got a little Saturn. Depends on it what you're okay. doing. Well, actually, I did. I just did our taxes, and there was a, a huge, huge, um, uh, dedu like, deduction for my car. 
that like oh, yeah, helped yeah. us a ton. So like I mean, worth more wow. than your car is worth. Oh, by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Ashley, you can you can talk into that microphone if you want. Hi guys. Hey. hey Ash- Hi. How you been? My wife. Good. I just got done working. Congratulations. Oh. Thank you. Don't, don't move to that society. around too much. Yeah, <laughs> You're contributing to society. We weren't doing any of that. Uh, <laughs> a- Ashley, the the host of the Eavesdrop Podcast, Never Better. Hey, hey, what's going on? One of the hosts. One of the three hosts. <laughs> yes, there are three of us. There's 17 yes. hosts. You're here for the last... <laughs> three and counting. You're here for the last um, 10 minutes. What do you want to... What do you want to say for the last 10 minutes? What do you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go. <laughs> you don't, I feel like you would have a lot to say. Why are you leaving? Yeah. My father's a minister. I used to belong to a church called The Body. Uh, I spoke in tongues from the age of like nine on. Only? Uh, well, yeah, just in church. Just in church, we only speak in the voice Just of at angels. the grocery store? Oh, is this going to be it for you today? <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it works, actually. Can you get... I, what? Can you do a little tongues? Like, is that yeah. possible? Okay, yeah. I mean, this the, the thing is, is it's an altered state that you kind of... An emotional state that you kind of achieve in church. But I mean, in reality, I think the very process of it is really easy to generate. Like it's just this. And since it's supposed to be an angelic uh, language, other people will pretend to understand what you're saying and then translate it in front of the congregation. This is a real thing that happens in Christian churches, this shared emotional experience of people both making up languages and then translating those languages. And then we just collectively share that that's what happens. Why don't they just fucking talk to each other? Because it's not special and cool if you're not speaking in an angelic voice. Also, that's one of the signs of the spirit. Oh. In Acts, when the uh, when the apostles are sitting around in the book of Acts, uh, the spirit descends upon them and, uh, like a dove, and they start speaking in tongues. And is that's where the, that comes from. Is this the true? So it's the true language of God. Well, because God sounds wacky. Well, the thing is, wack is as it's, hell. It's generated <laughs> like it's generated by a person who is just in this. Because like it, it, what happened is, I was going to a church on a Native American reservation, and we were the only white family. And I'm a little kid, so I'm like eight or nine. And uh, the uh, pastor is a Haitian man, and he is Haitian, right? This guy later got shot in the face in Port-au-Prince because he's oh Haitian. My God. But one of the ways that people die in Haiti is getting shot in the face. Oh. So he traveled around the country. The again? Yeah, this is the priest. <laughs> so he used to travel around the country and raise money. But for a while, he, a Haitian man, was leading a congregation in a Native American community in Washington. And then we joined as the token white family because you got to have one, right? And so <laughs> it's a really interesting dynamic of the pressure and like the way that everything was so it was just this really weird moment where like all these people are speaking in tongues and then I as because I had a college age reading level when I was like nine because I'm a dumbass nerd and (laughs) just no it's not useful it's not useful so I was always like in the adult Bible study so there's a lot of pressure when you're performing at a near adult level to continue to perform at a near adult level like it's a really it's a really hard things with gifted children is you can't do it forever so you just yeah right but you just you just start faking it and this goes back to what I was saying before you just start faking it and the thing is it's such you get so much positive the reinforcement the very first time it happens that you can believe that it is magical because you're emotionally convincing yourself that this needs to happen and then it yeah. starts to happen and the part of your brain that knows that you're faking is silent while the part of your brain that's being reinforced is not so you can join and be in this uh, state f- and believe that it's real for a long time 
Like right. I used to hear the voice of God too, because my brain created a voice that God had that said the things that my brain wanted God to say to me. Was and it then, speaking English or was it speaking in tongues in your head? Well, uh, the Bible itself talks a lot about how like you get you get things from God and the Spirit like wind through the trees. I feel like you should be looking at me because I want You're the one that asked this question. <laughs> I but the majority the of the people are on we the other side of the table. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Also, I miss you. I you look so good. Thank you. Uh, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. You've too. made two new people. I Oh, since I've seen you? <laughs> yeah, I, think I haven't so. seen you since I You were I, pregnant, I think, right? Oh my god, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good job. Yes, Is there more you wanted you. to learn about weird Jesus stuff? Well, I, <laughs> you asked for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry ready. that I interrupted you. No, no, this I just is wanted you to make yeah, eye contact sorry. with me while it's difficult you were saying this. Okay. In the middle Let's of the table. Let's actually switch this to how Ashley made people because <laughs> yeah, that's I want that's that. No, I don't want to know how. Like, I've seen videos. I will tell you. <laughs> we, this, this podcast has gone over so many different things. I feel like it's time that it's gone here. Yeah, back to this. To so how, how humans are made. <laughs> how, the beginning of time. How big around were the heads of the babies you pushed out of your vagina? Um, fifteen point six. Fuck inches what? No, was no, head. no. But no. But I didn't push like a watermelon. Hadley out. Oh, thank God. She was cut out of my womb. No, but you're, you, you, you could have. No, she, I wanted to. She carried. I would that. have. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was more traumatized by having her cut. Yeah, out no, I understand. Well, that's yeah, that's very hostile. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, She's okay. going to be pretty hostile. Sorry, guys. Sorry, world. <laughs> no, I'm just a rough entrance. We're here for the real shit. <laughs> Speaking in tongues and cutting open a woman to get a person out of her. Okay, so so Finn's head that you did push out of you Finn's was... Finn's head was... Do you remember? Oh, gosh. It's not the head. It's his butt. It's his butt you have to worry about. He's got such a big butt. <laughs> well, no, I don't remember. I don't remember. And I did not push Finn out. I breathed, breathed him down. Him out. Okay. Yeah. I um did you hypnobirthing. Okay. Yeah. How did that work? Amazing. Altered states again. Mm. Yes. Look at you. That's why That's I was good. so fascinated yeah. and I wanted you to look me in the eyes while you were yeah. saying. And now we're not even talking <laughs> about it anymore. Telling it. <laughs> well, <laughs> missed it. <laughs> a lot of a lot of this a part of the issue is that you're emotionally after all these things that you do in the church, you have a lot of emotional reinforcement and psychological yeah. reinforcement and for some people who have gone really far into church behavior, walking yourself back like if you were ever a children's pastor or you ever spent a lot of your time in life investing in this or mm -hmm. you spent all this time going to church functions and being a church. I was in church choirs for fucking years. Yo. That's where I learned how to That's sing. Cool. So That's It is cool, but the very format of worship puts you in an emotional state of worship and connectiveness to God. So like I could spend all night at these prayer sessions praying for things on my knees and stuff like that and there was a true believer and you know you would and then you would run up the thing about people like me who however who find themselves coming out of faith is I do eventually run into that uh, measure of rationalism mm -hmm. where it's like, well, it says that if I have a faith of a mustard seed that I could tell this mountain to jump into the ocean and it would. Why can't I do that? Because I know I possess that much faith. Mm -hmm. But also, what the fuck is a mustard seed? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? how do you measure that? It's in, So it's very difficult. Like going back to hearing the word of God in my head, which was the word that I had created for God, yeah. I was hearing things in my voice as I was phasing myself out of belief where I would disagree with the voice of God because it was a separate entity in my head, but I knew that it was self-generated on a level. Somewhere deep in my brain, I knew that these snakes had the same tail. And so I was like, okay, well, that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But usually what it is is it's influence. You can, If you feel a thing, you can convince yourself it's God telling you that thing. And this is where people come from. God told me to run for president because the voice in your head that you call God had an idea 
that sure. you agreed with just shockingly. Just yeah. 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 Like gods always hate the same people that we hate for some reason. Which is always like, yeah, God told me to hate that person because I hate that person. Yeah. Like, and that's no, just the same. Up, so yeah, yes. so, and it's just the same. So a lot of people live lives of faith, and it's not saying it's not full. It's just that it's an interesting state, like speaking in tongues, which is just a flourish added to the church and reinforces faith. Or, uh, and there's another fun thing, you'll never find a non-believer who used to speak in tongues that will ever say they weren't faking. We all believe we were faking when we left. Oh, and right. I think we would know we were the ones that actually yeah. did it, <laughs> yeah. but the people in the church and still believe they will never say they're faking because they haven't done the work to figure out that it's not real. Right. It. They still feels real because like, it feels yeah. real. It does. Well, yeah. It's like love. You it, think it's real. Well, it's interesting because <laughs> it's n they're not really faking it. Yeah, right, the, you it's know? a process. The well, ride, the, ride the wave, right? Ride yeah. the wave. It's well, and also these are what uh, what we call it, like through the lens of non-belief and having been out of the church. Of course, right. I'm gonna call it faking it. But even in the process, except for the very genesis, but memory's faulty. Who knows how many times I've pulled that out since I was a little kid and rewrote that memory, putting it back in. Where mm -hmm. it, it, things like I know the basic elements about where we were, but I couldn't tell you even what town I lived in or even the exact age. I know can, about what it was. Can you remember, like in the moment, feeling a like a pressure to do it like I remember the release once it happened and I remember some of it being intentional the very first time I do have a memory of me pushing over a line and just deciding to do it mm -hmm. but through the lens of faith part of you is going to definitely justify that as part of your process of letting yourself go and that's letting God it take over like, yeah, that's like, God it's me releasing pushing me yeah. over to do it yeah, sure. so the language that you use as you've been in the church for a while is you, you are always coming over overcoming your humanity so what you're doing is you're just allowing yourself let go and let God you just let right. it go and then do the thing you're supposed to do right. and you can do that it's very easy humans are group minded individuals like we yeah. could just jump right into the group thing <laughs> plug it in <laughs> and it's easy to do in church because it's an elevated state mm -hmm. of community I uh, I joined the church uh, when I was young so I could hang out with my friends on Sundays sounds like a great plan yeah it was great yeah, it was super fun because it was like the it's young you know it wasn't like the full full church experience it was like hanging out in the basement and yeah. eating cookies and stuff I, so. I had a church, uh, a friend that was in a church group who's, uh, there was a teacher at our middle school who was also, who was like the head of the church group. Yeah. And I hung out with them because the teacher would drive us to skate parks on the weekend sometimes. Totally, yeah. <laughs> we had the uh, we had the old uh, church band college students as a way of keeping people around because so, they played Christian music. Oh yeah, Christian metal, oh. DC oh. talk. You mean like Striper? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. That's the only Christian yeah, metal I know. All that, that's all that exists. I remember so. watching a, a Striper music video at a Christian party in a church once. That was. I'm like, oh, they make that. That's funny. Did everybody was everybody just like super duper into it? Like really okay. like Oh this <laughs> fucking rule. Here's here's what here's what the people who own the record companies would do. Uh, is they would find a popular sound right. and then they would either promote or, or put together a sound that's similar sure. to what was already popular in the secular world. And they even had signs up at the Christian at, at the uh, Christian bookstore that literally said, "If your kid likes this band, buy this band for him." They're right. kind of like no. uh, you know the that that production company, the Asylum. That mm -hmm. they uh, they don't have Pacific Rim, but they have Atlantic Rim. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, but with yeah. music. And some of it's not bad. <laughs> like there's like I always thought Audio Adrenaline was a decent band. Like they had a lot of different sounds, and their albums actually showed growth and stuff like that. Like language I would use for any other band. It's just the subject matter. And there's still some song like Jars of Clay had a couple songs oh, that Jars made it into the secular world. They were so good. Yeah. So it's not like some of these guys didn't have talent. It's just that, you know, by and large, there's not a, a tremendous appeal of Christian music once you're not into Jesus anymore. 
Well, and I think just in general, yeah. I don't think people like listening to music to be reminded of like so much of like church is about how you're failing. <laughs> you know? I was I was so bought into it though. Like I did church groups. Like I did I did missionary. Oh no, stuff. I, I get it. Yeah, I get, like I get then, why people are a part of it. And but. then you're into it. You're into the music because it's definitely your culture and your life. It's like. But I don't think just people like average people. Oh no, not normal. Not are not no, going to want to hear about like why Jesus is so sweet in there. <laughs> like when you go into it, when you go into music. a restaurant and they're playing Christian, Christian music and you're like, why was this the decision? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I don't care if you listen to it in the kitchen, but why is it playing in the dining room? Like, it's just weird. Uh, we want to hear Kesha out yeah. here, actually. <laughs> I would much rather listen to that. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I like I kind of expect that at like Famous Dave's or something like kind of like a homey kind of. So back to babies. Did you have your yeah, kids? So. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have boys or girls? I have um, Finn is a boy. Yeah, okay, I'm assuming. And Hadley is a girl. Is Finn circumcised? No. Okay. Why didn't you guys do the circumcision get up, thing? Get up on your mic a little yeah. bit nice. more. Why didn't or you guys? Why, did, you. why didn't you circumcise? <laughs> I don't believe in it. Okay, why not? Um, well, I'm not circumcised. Yeah, right. In <laughs> <laughs> case everybody wanted I. to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I don't not, think it's like a. Just... It's like one of those uh, like traditional things yeah. that. Um, it's stupid. Just doesn't make sense for yeah. the world that we live in. I think it's old fashioned, and I think it's, um, uh, yeah. I just don't think it's like it's not necessary, you know. I've so. never like really given it much thought because I just <laughs> am, and that's how it was. You know, it's like this is. You I, know, I I never gave I've never it, thought about like what we would do. You know, yeah. what I, would you do right now if you guys had to call it? Give him another one. <laughs> <laughs> a double <more>. circumcision. <laughs> Pull it further um, back. I think that probably might, like, if I had to make a decision without giving it any thought, I would say to do it because it is so uh He's going to so be out traditional. there sharing dicks with other people all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, out of it's the so gay community, and we that's don't... what I know. Well, like, isn't, isn't I, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, I've watched... <laughs> I know some things. I've watched Sex in the City, okay? <laughs> <laughs> kind of know a few things. And You're like, such a Samantha. The <laughs> Thank you. I'm just um, gay enough to make that joke. <laughs> um, uh, I can like recall parts on the show where yeah. they're like, he's not circumcised. Like everyone's like, ew, what? Yeah. And so that's what comes to my head. So I'm like, oh, okay, then yeah, you do old. it. We're not fucking people based on the opinions of 50-year-old people anymore. No, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I was just curious what your answer no, is. No, that, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I yeah. fully admit that there's nothing behind it other than. Other than a television show. 15 <laughs> on season three. No, you know, know, a percentage, but. a percentage of circumcision goes horribly wrong. And then that person has painful erections the rest of their life. Just so you know, there's a small chance that happens right. to that person, and there's for a no whole reason. well, there's just all, for no reason. There's no real medical reason to right. do it. Dicks can be cleaned, believe um, it or not. Well, <laughs> also uh, nerve endings. There's a great episode of uh, the show, the podcast Science Versus, that mm -hmm. they did. She did a whole uh, uh, episode about circumcisions, and it's really good. It's yeah. a really good episode. Interesting, uh, because there's actually uh, there are benefits to being circumcised for sure. There are like real health benefits, like you. Uh, it looks cooler. <laughs> it looks like a little hey, helmet. Cool wiener. <laughs> Being circumcised makes your dick look way bigger. <laughs> also not true. Um, there's, I mean, there's just, there's a lot. I don't, I don't think there's like, um, there's pros and cons to both, like many things in the world. But I think for me, I just thought it was, for me, I thought with Finn, I was like, uh, there's not really a reason to do it. And I don't feel like. Yeah there's 
I mean, the pros and cons don't really outweigh each other in mm -hmm. any way, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, with Finn, too, we were on such a, like, natural and gentle path to bringing him into the world. And that didn't seem like the, like, cherry on top to his entrance. To to totally him, true. Like, go yeah. through that experience. She sounded way yeah. more articulate than you did when she explained her she, position. I, well, <laughs> I liked that sentence. You're like, well, you know, said. dicks. I'm going to write that in my diary. Just, She's smart. I, I just imagined a I dick wanted... with a cherry on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I that, wanted that's, to let Brett that's take That's my it, phone background. Whoa. <laughs> uh, that's but that, that is a good point because, mm -hmm. like, you didn't use any, like, uh, drugs I, or anything I did. like that. I did use I used laughing gas. To That's the. I use that on Tuesdays. Like, that's yeah. not that big of a deal. Right. That's just cool. Yeah, that's just what we do on the streets now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's a very that's a very good point. Like, I think it depends on, uh, like, a lot of things. Well, we were just we were already in agreement without really discussing mm. it. So it's probably the first time we've really talked about it. That's true. That's very true. Hmm. Hadley is circumcised because she was, you know, cut out of my womb, so she's just getting a completely different experience. Yeah. <laughs> we decided to circumcise her after. Perfect. Also means that she was never born. She was removed. Oh. It, it's so... It's like hatching. So hatching. It's it feels that way to me, yeah, which is no, I mean, so weird. And I, I feel I bad so. saying that because I know so many um, women my age that yeah. have had, like, that have scheduled and planned cesareans mm -hmm. and would not have it any other way and yeah. i don't judge them but yeah it felt very foreign to me no, and i understand traumatizing i've yeah. always been curious about that experience like well i'm scared of needles like i wanted oh. to have a natural childbirth so i didn't so have just to having get a an scalpel IV. right it was selfish yeah. it was but they give you an IV either <laughs> way is that right no no really? i did not have one with finn what i walked i walked into the the hospital seven centimeters dilated and then was like <gasps> okay finn's he's coming well i didn't know who he was it right was, yeah. it's coming they're coming they're coming what I said. that's how babies start actually so <laughs> full circle full circle <laughs> <laughs> i think you can pretty much say like i don't want this i don't want this i don't want this well and i guess they, yeah and some place like hospitals like major hospitals will be like well if you are we won't do that but if you are in danger yeah we have you, to we will do it yeah no that yeah. makes sense but um, you wouldn't want to fight the them trying to save your life though no like, that's kind of silly. some right. people would now they're stupid <laughs> right? yeah. well i when i found out i was pregnant i was terrified of the birth part and yeah. i because in my head you just go to the hospital and then scream they like then there's put baby. something in your back and then yeah, you're I've numb seen television. and then you are, you're pushing <laughs> and whatever you know and screaming and for that. like 24 hours or 48 yeah. hours and sometimes. it's just like this terrible experience and i was also in the room when my sister was getting an epidural for one of my nieces and i was like i will never have a kid because i'm not doing that i don't <laughs> want that in my back and wow. a lot of women have said that they've like had a lot of back issues since having an epidural. Oh, so no way. really, yeah, mm. one of my old bosses uh, shared with me that she has like a pain in her spine that's oh. constant. Oh, oh I had Whoa. an epidural. <laughs> I did. I really did. Did you really? For my back, yeah. They they injected me with uh, steroids in, right into my uh, spine. Wow. For what? Um, when I got in a car wreck, I blew out a disc. 
Oh. Oh, bud. I know. That, that's crazy. <laughs> Sounds yeah. really Buy me a new hard. bag. <laughs> Sounds really like um, as painful as childbirth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell me kidding. more about how much pain so you So anyways, yeah, I'm like a trooper, so. <laughs> <laughs> they barely had to give me anything. <laughs> you guys are talking a lot like about no your deal. pain and like, have you thought no, about I my pain? <laughs> but the steroid is a shot, right? It's like well, a spinal block and it's not a tube in your spine. Is that right? No, I, it, I think can be they used a garden hose a, and they just... They did. <laughs> they just filled you up. Yeah. Pumped me to the brim. That's why Two I'm so gauge. puffy. Now. They actually cut a hula hoop in half. <laughs> <laughs> a fanoodle. One of those really long pixie sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Empty it out. Cut it at both ends. Well, well, I ask because when I had to have a C-section, it was mm-hmm. an emergency and I had I had a ster- like a just a needle with a shot. Yeah, that, that, was block, that was it. Yeah, they just went. Which was not what I saw firsthand with my sister. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. They like actually have like a, a thingy. Yeah. That's like, like sticking out for Yeah, something the time. that is. Yeah. I the idea of the idea of being numb and still moving freaks, freaks your my shit. shit. I do really? that on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Full calendar of different drugs. <laughs> Sounds great, actually. I got my tonsils out earlier oh, this wow. year, like a five-year-old, I know. And they gave me an IV, mm-hmm. and I'm totally scared of IVs, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. I give them all day, every day. Mm-hmm. That is, that is um, odd. Yeah. What uh, but I'm, say about you? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> She's <am>. a sadist. <laughs> <laughs> but so when she, when the, the nurse put my IV in, she first gave me a shot yeah. to numb me, which oh. I was like, Hold on, you know, but I'm sure that the the uh, the needle, the IV was enormous, and so I would have. I I'm happy I was numb. I'm sure, um, but when she gave me the IV finally, mm-hmm. and I was numb and couldn't feel it going in, I wanted to vomit. Oh, wow. oh yeah, I thought it was Definitely. the grossest thing I'd ever experienced. I have passed out in multiple IV settings when I took my dad to like uh, neck and back surgeries oh. in my teenage years, and every time he got. And I'd be, I was his driver. I would pass out, and then I would get more attention, and he would be pissed. Quit making this about you. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, we need to make it about me instead. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I want it to be yeah. about me. <laughs> I know he's is. got stuff going on, but watch me pass out. Yeah. <laughs> Look at how cool this is. That'll get attention. Yeah, that's. I mean, I can I can have someone give me a shot in my arm, but an IV, no, thank you. I'd rather not. But I know that it's I can necessary. Do, I can do the mouth stuff where they give me shots. In like, the mouth? In the Ooh. mouth. can take a shot to the mouth. Yeah, take a few shots in the mouth every now and then. They did better It feels weird at first, but whatever. You just. I've had weirder things done to my body. And there are weirder sensations that have pushed into your mouth. So. It's fine. I'm just really getting – just starting my my oral uh exploration, exploration. Journey. Yeah, yeah. the secret is i'm hard right now <laughs> <laughs> the secret is mostly preparing yourself physically and emotionally for what you're about to experience well, in every fashion so uh, at the dentist uh yeah. they have a tv on the ceiling and all i do is just watch hgtv and they yeah, can do whatever they want they yeah, can just and then the dentist do- comes in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want doctor i'm watching hgtv so i don't care i don't so know you're how like this a my wife. teeth <laughs> <laughs> i just lay on my back yeah, you just and let it happen yeah. you're the worst <laughs> that was 
That was a terrible joke that we just made. Yeah, I liked it. I'm proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. On All that right. note, uh, <laughs> we we made it the full two hours. I was not Yay. I was not expecting anything less from us. Really. I I it got busier. I was like, I am going to do this for two yeah. hours, regardless of how many people what time show did you up. Get here? I walked I walked up right when we like right after. Yeah, he got here like right at four. Damn, or, that's awesome. Okay, you know how much I like to talk, right? Yeah, I know like, this. Hey, would you just come do up? that? Nope. Nope. About it's super useful most of the time, actually. So, yeah, I'm like, you're just going to let me get on the air and talk as much as I want? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I will create content for free. <laughs> uh, Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Only me. Uh, yeah, right. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Koji. You guys are great. I'm so glad I saw you guys. Yeah. Thank you, Mikey. Thanks for the tequila. Thank you, Ashley, my wonderful wife. Um, Koji has a, a cool podcast on uh, the Eavesdrop Podcast Network called Permanent Time Off. Nice. Do, will you tell the one listener what it is? <laughs> two. I have two, two listeners right, and I'm bringing to this. Right. Steve and Darla, um, oh, yeah. you will hear horror stories of, uh, of people that work here in Boise uh, and just hear people getting shit on by their boss um basically <laughs> you have literally. footage yeah it's it's all audio footage of wow. people actually getting shit on in the uh, first episode uh, koji called one of my old bosses <laughs> and recorded the conversation and well, asked, them, asked them as under the guise of like wanting to hire me and asked them what kind of employee i was what did they say they said the worst you'll have to listen <laughs> you'll have to listen tune in <laughs> that's so good it was painful I, I, I it was painful to listen to because i am so <laughs> uncomfortable oh yeah <laughs> i was I'm like in my car yeah yeah um but it's so, funny yeah it's 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 uh it's a fun fun listen so if uh, you want to check it out uh same same deal as brett's eavesdrop and yeah. uh permanent time off yeah it's sick and mikey has the well i'm gonna thank our two listeners because i know their names oh yeah uh shout them out they, crystal west who always listens to crystal. all the podcasts that i'm on she's great she played a cleric in my last D D uh campaign and caitlin bernie who's actually the person who sold me my car so i talked yeah. about her specifically but refused to mention her name till the end of the podcast so she'd get rewarded for listening uh. that's the kind of this is how you get a, listeners as a person just the whole it's just like i said edging the whole time there's a surprise <laughs> at the end uh, actually just follow me on social media mikey pullman m-i-k-e-y-p-u-l-l-m-a-n and uh i'm on everything because i am a total whore for attention <laughs> and come validate me i do things i will be in seattle probably by the time that you hear this yes uh, i'm gonna switch to my radio voice for only the last three seconds of your podcast i-84 is looking wet so am i this is why i'm not on radio but thanks for having me i really appreciate being on your uh prologue thank you for yeah, thank you for coming and be sticking it out with me for the this full two hours. Is the most appropriate way I feel for you and me to say goodbye to each other I know, before I, I leave. Yeah, it. absolutely. After everything we've done together, be like, let's just fuck around for two more hours because that's most of our friendship. We actually are gonna come to your uh, yeah. going, going away, away show. show. When's yes. your going away show? If just you're a just in case this if you're a time traveler and you can go back in time, uh, come to Boise, Idaho, on the 27th of April, 2019. Uh, come to Woodland downtown. It's a brewery. Uh, and uh, I do still have some tickets available at eventbrite.com and it's a going away variety show uh, do you want to do it Brett? Uh, do you want to be on the show? I have space do you want to just do six minutes of anything? do it anything. do it <laughs> and do you don't, you don't it. have to say yes right now it's the invitations on the table you can tell me if you want to later Sure, uh, sure, I'll do it's, it. It's a variety show, and I'm literally like, I'm somebody's doing roast jokes, somebody's coming in character, there's music, storytelling, 
Uh, yeah. So what Prop I'm doing is I've been doing a shows, but there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept it. The idea is I've been doing shows in Boise for a long time. I've been producing shows for almost 10 years. And I, there's a lot of people I just either haven't been able to book because of the way I do my shows or that I haven't booked in a while. So this is a lot of those people bringing them in front of the audience that I have, like our two listeners today. What do you mean those people? Just kidding. <laughs> well, the thing is, is when was the last time I was able to have you on a show between like just everything? Like we haven't worked together. Ago, yeah, yeah, like. So it'd just be nice to have you on stage. So uh, we're doing that. And then I'll be doing stuff. Uh, also, if you're in Portland, uh, June 28th, come to uh, Striptease uh, 2019. And I will be getting naked for you, literally, Whoa. on stage <laughs> while telling jokes <laughs> with a drink in your hand. And it won't be weird. You'll probably have to pay to make it happen, actually. <laughs> so do that, Portland. You're uh, naked right now. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all naked right now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of. entry fee <laughs> yeah. is your clothes. So thank you. And uh, thank you, Abby, for for being here. You're great. Yeah. I mean, do you have? To, you're not doing a podcast, but well, no, but um, yet chip cookies. <laughs> wait a second, <laughs> delivered to my house tonight. For oh, that's right. Don't don't get ahead of yourself. Okay, by well, just sorry. axing Abby out of the oh. picture. Yep, yep. <laughs> Called it. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> She's taking over yours. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I am now the host of Eavesdrop, and I'd like to thank you, Brett, for being on my podcast. Cool. I've got nothing. I've got a show at Mikey's. Yeah. Would you like to be on his show? We change hosts every time based upon leg wrestling. <laughs> All right, guys. Next host. What, what, what do you want to say? What, what piece do you want to say before we get out of here? Uh... Well, you know what? I, I just want to say that I have decided that I like crumble cookie more than I like chip cookie. Hey! <laughs> um, whoa. I would also like to say, based upon that short soundbite, that you would be really great at doing ASMR videos. Oh, my gosh. Like, did you just hear that? This like is... That's... Oh, God. <laughs> just just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you. And, and we, yeah. we actually do have to do we have to do one more thing before we get out of here. But Ashley, um, but my, Ashley. my wife, what show do you, you you're doing a podcast on this very network? I am, which I'm so excited about because I love you. Oh, that <laughs> did not sound forced. <laughs> <laughs> they have a great relationship. I, I love you. <laughs> I'm giving him the look. Say you love me. Um, <laughs> I'm actually doing two. <gasps> yes, I'm doing two, and one is with Abby. And our son Finn, oh. and it is all about the solar system because that is all he talks about. <laughs> and I, really I know cute, nothing actually. about it. It's going so. to. He has a lot to say. A lot of it is fact. Has, has a he lot discovered of it is his own information? Has he discovered Uranus yet? Oh, yes. Oh god. Yeah. He can. Yeah. So he so can good. list them all. Oh really? Oh. What about the microplanets? Oh well. I mean the dwarf planets. Yeah. Is that what you're talking well, about? Well, there's two different categories. Why don't he we says, have you pretending to know what he's talking about? <laughs> See how confident I am? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I meant dwarf planets. I just said the other word. <laughs> you messy motherfucker. I'm just trying not to say dwarf unnecessarily. <laughs> well, we're planning on starting it soon, so maybe you can be a guest before right, we'll you see leave. What yeah. Yeah. Um, the other. Up about Ganymede. Yes, Ganymede. <laughs> um, you might be Ganymede. impressed. Yeah, I will, actually. I love smart kids. Uh, and then I'm starting Never Better with um, two. Two other lovely ladies that are in, uh, not in this room, but in this family. <laughs> they've been here. They've been in. They've, they've been, been here in this before. Room talking about ASMR voices mm-hmm. in really creepy fashion. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> yes. Never better is going to be. Um, 
You're, you're really prepared for this. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. You know you're going to be put on the spot. It's been like I've a been conversation waiting. with us. I've been waiting for it's my fine. turn, and never better is going to be, and then I just dead stare you in the eye. Well, <laughs> it's been a topic of conversation has... at our house a lot lately, where she's like, I just don't know what it is. So maybe, maybe you just haven't filled it out yet. It's totally fine. You no, don't have to be well, on right the away, way like... over here, I, I have, and I just... I do that every time I just look at Brett and then I stop talking because one, I think it's kind of funny to just stop. But then I also put a little bit of extra pressure on yeah. myself and I'm like, what am I, I doing? I just muted her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I never stop talking again. I want to, I want to know what your, your current thoughts are. What would you do if you had to do it today? Um, so it's basically, we were joking around and um, so we're all in our thirties. So my mm. tagline is 30 something flirty or something Mm -hmm. and definitely thriving um but it's gonna be kind of like a journey through where we're all at right now in life because we're all in different spots Mm -hmm. um and with a pretty strong emphasis on mental illness and just every day oh yeah that sounds cool actually yeah the pressures of being a 30 something year old yeah i'm gonna try not to make it all about being a mom in all about <laughs> because neither of them are mothers but but you are and that's a big <laughs> part of your life so i think that it's okay for you to you i too. mean it's not that's not the you know all that you are but it is a really big part of your life yeah. and so i think it's okay to talk about and to make yeah. it a big part of your Thank what you, you do. um so. and so the last thing um that we have to do mike and i were uh, and actually, Koji brought this up a long time ago, a few weeks ago, too. I need each of you to pitch me really quick what you think, like, the eavesdrop bumper that goes in mm. front and at the end of each eavesdrop show should be. So, uh, Koji, go ahead. Okay. Eavesdrop! Oh. <laughs> I don't think anyone else needs to do one. <laughs> No, we do. Yeah, was that I'm, all I'm, what you were looking for? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was close. That was close. It was close. It was about. It was almost. It, it was as close to being on the money as you can be. <laughs> okay, um, Abby, go ahead. Um. You. Just go full on. It doesn't have to just be the name. You can be like. It can be like. This has been an. This is an eavesdrop podcast, or you're listening to e- whatever you want it to be. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> can I'll, I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can it come back to me? Yeah, pass. Okay, okay. pass, and and then I'll I'll think about okay, it. Okay, go ahead, Mikey. You've been listening to Eavesdrop. Thanks for listening in. <laughs> okay, okay, I like it. Eavesdrop. It's cool as hell. <laughs> oh shit! That's what our three-year-old would say. Wow, <laughs> you guys went really fast and didn't give me any time. Thank you. Uh, eavesdrop where you're uh, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> where you're fucking here. Eavesdrop when you're fucking here. But it's not uh, eaves. It's ease. eavesdrop. See, here's the thing. Eaves. I'm never gonna say it correctly. Yeah. I, well, you I said eavesdrop. <laughs> We're changing. We're gonna change. You have Eaves- to. Okay, I got eavesdrop. one. It's eave- eave- eavesdrop where. <laughs> the laughs, they just don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
See, ASMR. <laughs> I, I'm so good at recognizing ASMR. talents. My name is Abby Krill. Yeah, thank all, you all right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for being here, uh, everybody. And if you want to be on the show, you absolutely can. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know why you would after this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something okay, is wrong. I would, I, would, I would actually come almost every time I was available. I'd be like, no, I'll do this. Uh, yeah. So uh, just uh, look look for me on uh, on Facebook or uh, Instagram at <laughs> Idiot Croissant. And uh, I'll, I'll tell when I'm recording and you can come and be on the show. Will so. you spell croissant? Because I have a hard time with that. Uh, C-R-O-I-S-S-A-N-T. Nice. An idiot is... <laughs> <laughs> IDD. This was a lot of fun. Thanks I-O-T. for having me on. Thanks, thanks for being here, um, everybody. Let me sign off with another eavesdrop. Okay. <laughs> You've just wasted your time with eavesdrop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's, yeah. get it, let's get it clean. Eavesdrop, yes. please stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new favorite one <laughs> alright thanks everybody bye